Hello everyone and welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is the 40k podcast that focuses on playing Warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game and that introduction has never been more important than in today's episode where we're going to be talking about a lot of 40k podcasts. But before we jump into that, I'm going to introduce my th- our three guests that we have on. The first guest is uh, Adam, not to be confused with the other Adam coming up from TFG Radio. Hey, everybody. And then, of course, we have the other Adam, or as I, he might call himself, the Adam, Adam <laughs> Camilleri from Down Under. How you doing, guys? Great to be here. What would I call Art of War Down Under? Is Art of War Down Under, down under yeah. pairings? Best Coast Art of War Down Under uh, for Formerly like part of every other organization at some point in the last couple of years. Of, of LVO shoutcasting fame. That's, yeah, that's just, what I'll Just call. stick with the Ocho. It's easy. Uh, all right. Finally. And then the one, the only Falcon swooping in. Kaka! Yeah, that's him. That's all you get. He was a little late that time. <laughs> I, I didn't raise the cookie well fast enough to have him come in. Anyways. All right. <laughs> So, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a new listener, uh, at the beginning of every episode, I'd like to introduce our guests. These three guests are amazing individuals who've been around the 40 community for a long time. Uh, a- Adam Adam Solis published uh, an article every week on um, Bell of Lost Souls talking about 40K, 40K podcasts or 40K episodes that um, really stuck it out in his eye. So, he's been <laughs> listening to a lot of episodes. Um, Peter, it, Peter listens to probably the most 40K content, period. Um, I think out of everyone I know. Uh, and then finally, Adam Camilleri is just a really cool guy. Duh. <laughs> Sweet. Well, we, we need him for the Australia stuff because none of us actually listen to that. So. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I, I'm just uh, here to spice up and be the color commentary. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. Adam's actually a very personal guy who has his Australian tendrils and a lot of a lot of communities, a lot of, you know, players He's actually and like a co-host on about 18 of these shows yes. we're going to talk I'm doing about. my bingo punch card of <laughs> Yeah, he's, of he's pulling a vowel. He's pulling a Val Heffelfinger, who is another person who would have been great for the show. Oh, my God. Who is a new daddy. Anyways. All right. So the, the point of this episode today is going to be all about a guide to competitive 40K content. Now, one thing I always had a difficult time with when I first started playing 40K was knowing where to go. There's actually a lot of content. Even five, six years ago, there was a lot of content. Um, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily like or, or, or mesh well with. And um, as anyone who listens to a podcast knows, when you find that right podcast that makes your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, commute or walk that much more nice, you really latch onto it. But it's actually very hard to find that right podcast. For those of you listeners who listen every Tuesday, ritually, I love you all. You're the best. But I'm also here to let you know that Chapter Tactics is, in fact, not the only podcast out there. There are plenty <laughs> there are plenty more podcasts. And so what we're going to attempt to do today is talk about some of our favorites, some of the ones we respect the most, uh, the ones that kind of really made a name for themselves in the competitive community. And then we're going to try and attempt to talk about others, um, not necessarily meaning that those others are ones that we don't respect or we don't like. But uh, frankly, there's there's hundreds of podcasts, 40K podcasts, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, so we did our best to just go down the list and get as many as we could. So some of the ones we talk about, we're just not going to be familiar with. They're just one that ones that, you know, people put on a forum somewhere or uh, someone recommended them to me or us. Uh, so we're going to talk about those. We're also going to talk about YouTube, where to go on YouTube, where the best content is, the best competitive battle reports are, uh, you know, where you can kind of 
figure out what you want if you're a Murray. If a YouTube person, we're going to talk about the best Twitch streams, which has been said on this podcast. And it's something I've been, I agree with wholeheartedly is that if you want to get really good at the game, watching Twitch streams and watching replays live on Twitch is probably one of the best ways to do it. Uh, so we're going to talk about the best Twitch stream, the best Twitch channels with good content on them. Um, and we're going to kind of just mention as many of them as we can. And then finally, we're going to talk about where you can go when you don't want to listen to stuff and you want to type and, you know, uh, maybe get a list from someone or uh, just talk about competitive 40k in written form. So we have blogs, posts, forums, etc., all that good stuff. It's a complete guide to competitive 40k content and helping you all find which one is right for you. What a spiel. I actually have a question oh, if, you, if sure. I'm allowed to, Pablo, to kick things off. Because I've been Absolutely. sitting here getting nostalgic <laughs> about the first couple of content creators I started watching who really got me invigorated and excited about 40K. When I made the transition from from um, fantasy over to 40K, I really jumped on and started trying to, abs- like a sponge, absorb as many armies and as many concepts <laughs> as possible. And just thinking back to those times, it's really kind of nostalgic and sweet. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it, it was really nice for me too. It's surprising how many podcasts I actually knew about, considering I really don't have a lot of time to listen to a lot of podcasts. But not only that... Um, some of these podcasts haven't aired in a while. Um, yeah. Maybe not. Mostly because of COVID, uh, I didn't. I didn't pick any podcasts that are um, gone. Uh, I, I pick podcasts that you know aired at least an episode in 2020 or a few episodes in 2020. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Adam. There's definitely a little bit of a nostalgic row for mm. for those of you who who are 40k veterans and have been around the scene a long time. Um, and also, there's a lot of podcasts from really prominent players that I didn't even know existed. Uh, that kind of popped up um, and these are players that I looked up to you know when I first started playing you know uh, they like uh, Alan Pajama Pants the first mm-hmm. ITC champion when I started playing 40k um, you know, he was someone I looked up to and he had a podcast and I didn't realize it until a friend told me so there's gonna be a lot of that here uh, it'll be an absolute blast uh, Adam and Peter are you both excited uh, other Adam and Peter <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. Well, yeah, I'm excited because it's it's a lot. The last time I checked, there are almost a hundred, I think over almost a hundred forty k podcasts in general. Mm-hmm. And then the small slice we're going to be talking about is is just the, the competitive one. So there's a lot of if you're there's a lot of hobby oriented and uh, more narrative oriented podcasts yeah. out there. If you look for that, okay, and those are big. Um, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. like huge, 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 hundreds huge. of thousands of viewers and such. Yeah. Um, I've listened or at least tried to listen to probably all of the podcasts on this list. And I'm sure Adam is the same, uh, yeah. American Adam, um, um, <laughs> uh, with maybe the exception of one or two of the newer ones, I've at least tried to give all of them a go and, um, everyone deserves their due. If you're making good, con- if you're making content, I won't say good content. If you're making content uh, for this game, like someone <laughs> wants to listen to it, uh, whether mm. for whatever reason. And, um, I think it's important to get it out there because like Pablo uh, mentioned early, um, when I got really into competitive, I was I was always kind of like on the, the sidelines for years, you know, checking DACA or checking Blood of Kittens and such way back in the day. Um, once I got super into it, once I moved to the middle of nowhere to man the wall up here, um, it was difficult to find uh, like content that I actually enjoyed. So, I mean, for some reason, I ended up listening to Chapter Tactics and... Um, you know, I wish it had been something different, but you know, here I am. So, uh, <laughs> gotcha, got him. All right. 
Okay, before we jump into the episode, of course, we have some announcements to get through. First and foremost, if you haven't already seen, the Frontline Gaming Network and Art of War is bringing all of you a huge mega giveaway where you could win an up to $1,500 shopping spree on GW products and so much more amazing prizes. Uh, it, every... Every Basically every episode on the Frontline Gaming Network is giving away a keyword. Last week's episode is Rhino. That's just one word, Rhino. R-H-I-N-O, for those of you who can't spell. Type that in. You get one or you get five entries for watching last week's Chapter Tactics episode. And then for this week, the keyword is very simple. It's Chapter Tactics. All one word, as in the 40K podcast, Chapter Tactics. Enter that in. You get five more entries to win that awesome $1,500 shopping spree and so many more great prizes, including one of Reese's army, cats, army yeah. builder, one of <laughs> one of those kittens, an yeah. army builder paint set. We're joking on the kittens, by the way. Yeah, Some of you think what I say is gospel. <laughs> I just have to make sure to, I have to clarify that so Reese doesn't lynch me or, or you know, any, anyways, uh, we're not giving away your kittens, Reese. Uh, but for sure, um, for sure, that's the way to enter into the pod or enter into the giveaway there's also a bunch more it's like an achievement thing where you sign up for facebook you subscribe on youtube etc etc it's really really easy to enter and the prizes are amazing so check that out also if you want to win some other cool stuff if you're feeling extra lucky or maybe you unlucky and you want another chance at winning something i'm going to be giving i I gave away one indominus box to one lucky patron which i'm actually going to do right now Adam, give me a number between 1 and 44. Which Adam? Yeah. Uh, any other of you. First Adam to give me a number. <laughs> 1 and uh, 44. 144? <laughs> I had a randomized list, and you picked 144. So we're going to pick that patron right now, because <laughs> last month I didn't pick them live on air, and I wanted to. So this time, uh, yep. Adam, you picked uh, Chris Simon. Chris, I'll take my 50 in the mail, Chris Simon. No worries. <laughs> uh, Chris, c- Chris, congratulations, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you won an Indominus box set. And also, to commemorate this big giveaway, I'm going to be giving another Indominus box set away. That's going to be announced at the end of August. My, the, my birthday is at the end of the month in August, August 27th. So the episode after August 27th, whatever episode that is, we're going to be giving away another Indominus box set. I have two. I bought one. I bought another. I wanted to keep it for myself, but I decided I wanted to give it away because I'm I'm just not a big fan of the, the models inside the box. I'll be honest. Wow. I was going to keep it, but wow. uh, so anyone wow. can win that one. Uh, all you have to do is go into the YouTube comments section of this episode and this episode only, and name <laughs> your favorite 40k focused podcast or content. That's it. Just go in there. Um, so I know you're not a bot. Um, although I, I doubt a bot would care about the Indominus box personally. So I know you're not a bot. Go in there. Maybe a quick spiel about what you like about it. It doesn't have to be this podcast. You don't get extra entries for entering this podcast. But I'm going to be giving away an Indominus box to one lucky winner in that comment section below for this episode. And if you're listening to this episode at the end of the month in August, you still have a chance to win. Because I'm not going to announce it until the end of the month. Because I like to make you all wait. Mm. <laughs> Sexy tease. All right. Uh, that's it for announcements. Also, don't forget to buy stuff from FrontlineGaming.org because Reese told me to tell you all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so congratulations to Chris Simon. And because um, I forgot to plug the patron, you can sign up for Patreon at Patreon.com slash Chapter Tactics. Let's jump into this list. It's it's a doozy. There's there's uh, tens of... 700. Podcast. There's Podcasts. there's a lot more. And uh, a quick caveat to this, 
if we forget to mention a podcast, um, you know, or if you're listening to this, or if we forget to mention your podcast, I I apologize. You know, I'm going to mention a lot. We're we are going to be mentioning a lot of um podcasts here. However, we're bound to miss some. So uh, yeah. Post the link to your podcast in the comments below. Um, you can even also say it's your favorite podcast too, and that's a bonus entry to the Indominus Box, and you get a little bit of you know extra publicity for your podcast. Or if there's a podcast that you listen to and you want to give them a special shout out, post it in the comment section below. I want this to be an evergreen episode that people go back to every month when they have to, if they just want to know what podcast they want to listen to, if they're looking to get into competitive 40k. So the comment section is going to be a goldmine, hopefully, of uh, content along with the episode itself. Um, so let's really make this something special ladies and gentlemen um and make it easier for newer players to find 40k competitive content online all right got that out of the way there are going to be six topics uh there are forums and articles and blogs uh there's youtube channels stuff you can find on youtube twitch channels twitch streams and then for the podcast we actually split that up into three different uh topics the first one is uh casually competitive so this would be like this podcast this podcast although it is focused around competitive 40k um it is geared more towards uh people who who don't have a complete view of competitive 40k it's meant to usher in newer players into the game and it's also also meant to be a supplemental podcast to people who are longtime veterans it's it's not a podcast that focuses entirely on playing the game and being better at the game uh i i do that on purpose because i want to um we want to have as many newer players listen to chapter tactics who who feel welcome and who understand maybe basically what we're trying to do um that and there's the competitive 40k topic is so broad that i feel like just focusing on on tournaments or one specific aspect of it like tactics um isn't really what i want to do personally for the podcast that's why i created chapter tactics so that's casually competitive uh there's a bunch of them i i firmly believe that the casually competitive podcasts are the linchpin of competitive 40k podcasts they help newer players get into it into the game they help uh existing players maybe come back into it uh they're generally really fun um et cetera et cetera so the second podcast topic or uh, um is going to be competitive podcasts so these are podcasts like the art of war on the frontline gaming network or even to an extent 40k stat center which is probably a hybrid of both uh these are podcasts that focus on competitive 40k play tactics being the best you can be uh list lists list analyzing all that good stuff these are the ones um i think that are put out from the best players in the world these are the ones that you i i would even say you need to listen to at least one or two of these if you want to really do well in in 40k tournaments um so though that's that and then the final category is the hybrid podcast so these are podcasts that aren't casually competitive but they are more casual uh, they do focus on the casual side of warmer 40k um specifically the hobbying side which doesn't necessarily say that hobbyists are casuals um it, but they focus less on tournaments and they they focus more holistically on uh the hobby in general right so these are are the podcasts like signals from the frontline on the frontline gaming network signals from the frontline focuses on uh showing you cool painted models brought brought to you by the paint studio they talk about news they talk about um things other than warmer 40k and then occasionally sometimes reese will talk about a tournament he went to <laughs> or or whatever um that's a good example of a hybrid podcast they're 
as we go through them, you'll probably know which ones we're talking about because they are easily the most popular podcasts in in 40k. So uh, because they don't just talk about competitive 40k, they occasionally talk about uh, other stuff too. Painting, what they're doing. Um, basically, if your podcast starts with a, what did you do in hobbying today? What did you paint today? <laughs> That's probably a hybrid podcast. All right. And also, all these podcasts are amazing. So, any uh, I'm not knocking any of them when I say one is really good and maybe one is okay. That doesn't mean that the really good one is so much better than the okay one. That just means that I'm talking a lot. I'm tired, and I can't <laughs> I can't be consistent with my ratings with everything. But uh, if generally, if, if you're listed on this episode, it means I love your face. You're the best, uh, and you you're a part of this community, and I appreciate your work and the hard co- the hard work and content you put out. Okay. All right, All let's um let's start with actually forums and articles. Um we'll save the podcasts for last. Uh this is I just going to go ahead and say one right away. Frontline Gaming, frontlinegaming.org uh has regular blog posts and articles. Uh sometimes they're faction specific, sometimes they talk about tournaments and tournament battle reports. Uh you also find all of the podcasts on the Frontline Gaming network on frontlinegaming.org. Frontlinegaming.org is designed to be a place where you go and you get good evergreen tactics content and you get um, a consistent um, view of what the ITC is doing. So the ITC, if you're unfamiliar, is the independent tournament circuit. Uh, It is, to this point, been uh, one of the most popular mainstream ways to get into competitive 40k. Uh, I don't know what 2021 is going to look like for the ITC. So if you're listening to this episode in 2021, the, its role might have been changed, but essentially, if you want to know what your ranking is, if you want to know who the best players in the world are, FrontlineGaming.org is the place to go. Um, anything else I can add to that, gentlemen? For Frontline Gaming? Yeah. No, that pretty much covers it. It it it, it and for every new edition, it also updates older articles, so they'll come, they'll come up more. That's, yeah, that's really helpful, so it doesn't remain stale. And if you're interested in providing content, you can always message contact at frontlinegaming.com and let them know that you'd love to do an article. It's not guaranteed you'll get up there, uh, but Reese is always looking for someone else to to help with the content if you think mm. you, you have something to add. I just love how we started this with plugging the one that we're on. It's fantastic. No, oh, I, I, don't make any, I, don't, I don't make anything for that website. I mean, despite how often I get messages asking me to do something, no way. I am lazy. I don't have time for this. Speaking of, that's the episode. Bye, everyone. We've plugged, we plugged away. <laughs> Don and Dustin. Nothing else matters. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what are some other forums or article or article-based websites? Uh, basically websites that you all go on to get some of your 40K, competitive 40K news or tactics. Well, the hot ticket right now is Goonhammer. Yes. Oh, mm, Goonhammer. Goonhammer is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's if become have... quite the network of of uh, of uh, content, and yeah. uh, it hits the mark uh, pretty much across the board. Mm. The, so, for those who don't know what uh, Goonhammer is, it's a it's a website of blogs, essentially of everything from top table breakdowns of statistics and what's competitive and what's going to work to everything for to disseminating fluff pieces and um, pieces of storytelling. It's actually really diverse and fantastic, and they're actually only getting better. They really they're only getting better with time. So, if you haven't checked out Goonhammer, go and check it out. I think yeah. they're fantastic. And they also they also branch out to not, it's not just forty k. So if you if you they have a board game review, they have a Adeptus Titanicus, mm. the Aeronautica one, and they just branched out into historicals, which I enjoy. So 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you yeah, and, Goon- and John wearing your, your historical uh, Red and Fair costumes. <laughs> Flying the flag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Goonhammer is actually the first iteration of what I call the professionalizing of 40K mm-hmm. or the legitimizing of competitive 40K. Uh, we need, and if you look at, for example, Magic the Gathering as a baseline, Magic the Gathering has competing blogs and article, competing blogs and websites that post Goonhammer stuff. Right. So the only thing we're missing is like another Goonhammer competitor that comes up and puts out like monthly power rankings that everyone clicks on uh, or mm-hmm. monthly tier lists or and unit reviews. It's just there. there's so much content. So if you're you've ever considered running some running a website like Goonhammer or FrontlineGaming.org, um, there's the market is huge for for that kind of stuff, specifically just for um websites uh I, i'm not necessarily saying that the market is huge for youtubes or podcasts because it's not um the market right. is really small but for websites it's actually pretty big so yeah. um because it's all about those clicks right so uh goonhammer is a, is a great step in the right direction of what of what uh the vision i want for competitive 40k so mwah, goonhammer <laughs> they're the best that's the chef kiss uh another sure, what's kiss. another website that maybe that um has helped you guys get into competitive 40k well, I mentioned it uh, earlier. Um, the Blood of Kittens. It's an oldie mm. but a goodie. Um, <laughs> Nick Hayden, um, the the proprietor of the website, is probably the sassiest man in Warhammer. Um, <laughs> so it's just having him, he's like a he's a treasure. I mean, he he can be difficult at times, but man, the guy knows how to how to write a a thrilling article, um, <laughs> like month to month. Um, he also tracks basically every GT and major, um, just like I do on 40 kstatscom Um, but he, he'll often like anything he attends, there's always like a very lengthy article about it. Um, he does commentary. It's, it, I mean, it's been around for forever. Um, and it's probably the one website that has aged the most gracefully when you compare it to some of the other old school stuff, like Warseer <laughs> and Docket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, BNC. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the, the best I can say. It's good. I, I still uh, enjoy. I still check it out, and that's something so, that says go, something. Go ahead, Blood Adam. of Kittens was one of the first ones I jumped onto when I got into 40k, and I, mostly I used it because I wanted to keep up with codexes I couldn't afford to buy. And not that it, it, it not that it word for word gives you rules, but it gives you a synopsis of, of new stuff when it comes out. So I needed mm-hmm. to to know uh, what's this guy's lines blade decurion going to do to me when I play him in this tournament. Okay, so I can so at least I go in with some knowledge, and I, I thought it was really really useful for that. Hmm. Uh, yeah th- another thing i really like about blood of kittens is it fills a specific niche that um i really i really like to have in a community and that's the drama um nick is not afraid <laughs> nick is not afraid to hold it back hold back what he his opinion um he definitely will call out cheaters if they're at an event he'll definitely call out bad events bad products mm-hmm. uh etc etc um and he really doesn't hold back any punches and i i really respect blood of kittens and and nick for that um i think that that's important um to have in a community and the fact that he also uses it and seamlessly publishes con- tactics content and other competitive 40k news stuff with that stuff um makes it really cool so if you're also into a little bit of uh drama a little bit of uh ooh, gossip and stuff blood of kittens is also a really good episode for that or a really good um website for that as well all right and then um Let's talk generic forums, right? So, uh, w- Daka Daka um, is. I I know I said I was not going to speak ill of anything um, on this episode, <laughs> but uh, took him twenty minutes, guys. 
big oof. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Daka Daka is one I think we'll probably get a lot of people mentioning. Um, and if you want to talk about competitive 40k, or if you want to talk about lists and, and you need help solidifying stuff, it's not a bad form for that. It's but what I what I have, the beef I have with people who go on Daka Daka, and not necessarily the beef I have with Daka Daka itself. I actually think it's a, a really great uh, linchpin of 40k. It's it's an, you know it's a, a relic. It's been around forever, right? But the people who go on Daka Daka and then, um, kind of like you only use it as you only use Daka Daka as your only source is kind of the issue I have with getting competitive 40k content from Daka Daka. So, um. All of the next websites we mentioned, take everything, all of them with a grain of salt. Uh, You shouldn't go on competitive 40k on Facebook or competitive 40k Reddit and use that as your one source for, you know, making the ultimate list. Um, Are you saying that competitive 40k Facebook isn't the one-stop shop for competitively nuanced and just sound tactical (laughs) thinking? I'm a a gas there, Pablo. (laughs) What a statement. Each one, I, I, I... Pablo, uh, as an admin for that group, I am insulted. I, I was an, I was a former admin in that group. <laughs> um, you made a good decision if it was your choice to not be. It's just, I mean, it's, um, it's a paragon of rationality, guys. What are we talking so, about? Here? So here's, yeah. um, so actually, I, I I've always wanted to write a frontline gaming article about these specifically. I actually think they all fulfill their own roles internally in the website ecosystem of competitive 40k. Uh, Daka Daka really does a good job of bringing. Um, casual people who who don't n- maybe necessarily know who like Jim Vessel is or Nick Notavati is, and giving giving them a place to like talk about being better, right? So that's where like little Johnny goes to talk about his Black Templars, one thousand point Black Templar excursion list or incur whatever whatever GW calls one thousand point lists. Um, and where people will help him. They'll be like, hey, little Johnny, you shouldn't run one land raider, you should run something else because land raiders maybe aren't the best. Um, they might tell little Johnny to run land speeders instead of land raiders, uh, but the point still stands. That's where, that's a, it's just, it's a huge, massive website. There's a lot of good content, um, like hobby-focused content. It's obviously a forum uh, where people who maybe necessarily have a hard time making friends or have a hard time being a part of their community where they can talk to like-minded people. Um, so Daka Daka has its place. Uh, Reddit is a lot more focused on the comp like what's going on in like the competitive scene. It's like rapid fire, like yeah. like this this is where um uh Tony puts out his weekly panda articles, right? Like this is yeah. this is where the best the good the best like what did Nick Donati do at the last event? Like what did he run mm. on top of asking for list advice? Um and then competitive forty K is really where you go if you want to talk to all the figureheads of these podcasts. Like like it or not whether you think competitive 40k is actually competitive or not, it's definitely where everyone is, right? So it's, I, I know where to find Nick Notabody. I know where to find Jim Vessel. I know for sure I can find them on competitive 40k. They might post on it like once a year, but even <laughs> I've seen Sean Naden comment on something in competitive 40k. Like, so it's, it's almost like a requirement to just, if you want to, be around everyone in the scene, right? If you want access to everyone. Yeah. And I would that... say just like when it comes to any of these um, and even some of these YouTube channels or Twitch streams that we talk about later, 
um, once something gets to a certain size, it's about noise and how you cancel mm-hmm. out the noise um, mm-hmm. as to what you're going to get out of it, right? Because um, like Comp 40K, if it was 10 like people and they all were of like mind to you, the noise is a little different than the fact that you know there's several thousand mm-hmm. people um, and each person has their own way of playing the game because you know how their local area plays. Maybe it's extraordinarily competitive. Maybe it's very casual there. Um, so it builds... So, so like you're going to get noise that um, may or may not be good to, for you. Um, and just being able to understand that when you go to these places and not use them as the be all end all. And that goes for like yeah. any of these podcasts. That's why I think like early on when you said like you should be listening to two or three of these podcasts at the very least, it's very important because like there are people I respect in some of these podcasts uh, coming up that have said things that I thought was like this, that's complete garbage. But I, <laughs> and I didn't lose any respect for them um competitively like i understand like where they're coming from and it's different than maybe where my mindset is um and it's just when you get to something that is ex- ex- as large as reddit is like the reddit comp 40k yeah um or like the comp 40k and facebook like there's just going to be so much noise that you need to be able to filter to get what you want out of it right um absolutely uh adam american adam do you have anything else to add to that <laughs> other different than defending comp 40k uh, yeah, dude. If you want to, if you want to defend Comp Forty K, get no. right ahead. It's I, it's I, it's like ten thousand plus members at this point. It's it's kind of hard to wheel. We we kind of change the rules every once in a while just to kind of refocus it because at times it gets a, a bit like has been already been said. There's a lot more noise. There's a, a lot more noise to signal ratio. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> sorry. So when I see posts or look at posts or pr- approve posts because we have to approve the posts for myself when I when I read it. I try to see what they're what they're trying to say, and a lot of it is more for advice, and and you get a lot of good advice early on, I think, and then it starts to it kind of starts to go off the rails after that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> pretty to be honest. pretty consistently, it's like pretty the much first, when the Australians wake up. The first like five <laughs> or six uh, messages are usually like there's at least one good answer, and then yeah. at like message two hundred, it's just like a troll fest, and you're like, what is happening now? Oh, oh. <clears throat> or or it's just them repeating the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And you say that about the Australians, but when when we're asleep, the Texans <laughs> are doing our job for us. We're like brothers in arms <laughs> across that border. <laughs> story. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, the just to give you all the listeners um a feel for kind of how I approach those those three um forums or mediums of competitive forty k communication. Um, I think competitive 40k is, I think at this point, a requirement to be a part of, um, just to at least be in. You don't necessarily have to participate, um, but there's some stuff that's said in competitive 40k that's just critical to understanding what's going on in competitive 40k. Even something as basic as like when Nova gets announced, right? Or hmm. when there's like a huge rules change that affects everyone or right. or whatever. So uh, competitive 40k is, is a place I'll go regularly and check. Um, I think everyone should just be a part of it just because it's the, uh, I think the entire community or most of the community, at least the tournament focused community. Um, Reddit is, is something that you check out. I check out personally when um, I hear something juicy. There's mm-hmm. like, like, oh, like uh, Nick Nadavati wore what color dress at oh the, my you know, God. at the, or whatever, right? Um, it, it tends to be a little bit more gossipy in my opinion, um, at least from what I've seen. Uh so I usually go there for when I I want to know like what everyone's talking about, what's something funny or what's what's something juicy that um, I want to read about for uh, an event or for something that happens. Uh, and then 
Um, I don't go on Daka Daka, but uh, Daka Daka is a really good spot for people to go and, uh, like I mentioned before, go and and focus and enjoy everything holistically. Also, Reese posts all the time on Daka Daka. He he spends a ton of time on Daka Daka, just posting up tournaments. <laughs> but he's like, he posts what he does is he posts the LVO. He posts on the LVO, uh, like oh LVO ticket su- submissions yeah. are going up, and then. 200 comments later you'll you'll be like oh wow this is blown up and it's reese responding to every single person <laughs> in the He's like half the of the comments in it's there. really fun yeah. go it's it's hilarious it's just like wow this is awesome reese thanks bro like so if you really <laughs> want to get a hold of reese that's a great way to do it yeah. just be like oh thanks reese for announcing the lvo and by the way what do you think about guard veterans and then he's like thanks man i think guard veterans are awesome Finger guns. My <laughs> <laughs> MMV so, for literally I think, everything. I think you guys have been pretty much encapsulating one thing, and it's uh, it's the concept of staying current in the game. I think yes. it's never been it's never been more um, uh, prevalent than I suppose the last six months of seventh edition and all through eighth edition and what we expect from ninth <laughs> edition because the release rate and the update rate and the FAQ rate from G Dub is prolific. It's absolutely off mm-hmm. its guts, and yeah. there is very few people who have the time. Most of these people are doing this professionally at this point who have the time to disseminate and absorb every piece of content that comes out. And so, using these resources for things of that ilk, I think is for me that's the that's the best thing to use them for. What do people think is good from the Orc Psychic Awakening? I don't have time to. I don't. I don't want to go out and buy seventy dollars or eighty five dollars in, in Australia. Australia for a book that I just want to read so I know what I'm up against. So sometimes I'll just read read what other people think is good. Oh, they think it's good. Why they think it's good, blah, blah, blah. And I'll absorb the information that way. And it's a good, like you said, good way to stay current on current events. Uh, who did well with what tournament, what tournaments are coming up, what uh, new FAQs people are expecting, what little fringe stuff or obscure thing that no one else picked up but this one guy on Competitive 40K and he feels yeah. the need to tell everybody about it because good for him. And um, it's not as good as he thought. <laughs> I mean, also, it's like it's where you can see like these like really broken rules interactions that you may yeah. not have noticed at first because yeah. um, they'll blow up like crazy as everyone argues whether it exists or not. Um, and those are good to see because the one person that brings it up, they're not the only person that saw that. Um, right. So like for someone like Adam, who, you know, judges mm-hmm. these large, large events, it's good for him because he gets to see, you know, what he might expect to get a question mm. about when he's at the event. Um, I love it from a from a perspective of talking about the game because, you know, I my I pretty much exclusively now talk to people that are trying to win tournaments. So it's a lot of, you know, have you heard about this combo? Is that something that's legit to you? Et cetera, et cetera. So. All right, so we're running out of time here. Uh, just a real quick, no disrespect, uh, we're just running out of time. You can also go to Glasshammer Gaming. Glasshammer Gaming is a lot like FrontlineGaming.org or Goonhammer. They put out really good articles, really good content. They have uh, tournaments, and they also have some of the best UK players in the world mm-hmm. play, uh, writing for yeah. them. Uh, so Glasshammer Gaming, definitely give them a lookout, especially if you're UK-based and you want content that's more on your time schedule. Uh, and then finally... Patreon chats and discords of the podcasts and channels that we mentioned. Absolute goldmine. I've said it before. I think I said it last episode. I won't, so I won't beat that dead horse, Uh, but the Patreon chats and those communities definitely go in there. They're great sources for um, website-based sources for competitive 40k content and competitive 40k discussion. All right, let's move on to uh, YouTube. So YouTube's very interesting. Um, The YouTube channel, YouTube is designed uh, to kind of 
one of two ways. It's designed to have these really long visual based mediums, um, or it's designed to be really quick, fat, fast paced, click based type clickbait titles. Um, now that's not bad. That's just the nature of the game. So when we look at YouTube, these YouTube channels, a lot of them will have one or the other, or sometimes both. Um, but what I think is what I think makes YouTube and you really cool is that it, it's almost like an entire new like part of the hobby that we're barely we're barely learning about right so like for example the channel Magikarp used fly talked about starting warmer 40k or getting into warmer 40k it's a very large channel um and it's largely undiscovered un underutilized or undiscovered by the competitive 40k community uh, especially when you compare you you know to other youtube channels other gaming youtube channels so it's still growing um there'll probably be a lot there'll probably be a big surge in youtube channels um in the fall in the coming years um similar to what we saw with podcasts last year right so and we're already starting to see a lot of youtube channels pop up so uh let's talk um the longer form battle report youtube channels for competitive 40k uh these are actually very rare um, it's very difficult to create a YouTube channel um, that focuses on competitive 40k battle reports because um, it, there's so much resources that go into YouTube, into streaming or, or into creating YouTube video. Uh, you need to have um, you need to post regularly, at least once a week minimum. Um, they need to be well painted because you need to have visual appeal. Uh, they need to be uh, uh, they need to be various so you can't have the same two armies every single week um if you if you're wondering why mini wargaming there hasn't been a competitive like focused mini wargaming pop-up that's why that's because mini wargaming um which is is actually on this list um and it'll be the first one i talk about uh mini wargaming did a really good job of hitting their target audience and giving them exactly what they want mm. and in 40k the numbers aren't in the competitive scene they're in the overarching 40k fan base so you can't focus if you want to actually get youtube numbers and create a living from youtube you need to hit big numbers which is not just competitive 40k focus you need to get little johnny who paints you need to get the little johnny who wants to see marnius calgar punch the swarm lord in the face you need to get the little johnny that just wants to hear about you know like his favorite lore his favorite inquisitor right um and then you need to get the little johnnies from all the games are you know age of sigmar fantasy battles 40k 40k narrative it's just mini wargaming is done such a great job and I have a lot of respect for those guys um, because they they truly are unique in that they have got that audience and they have that audience. Now, if you're listening to this and you want to get into competitive 40k, I do not recommend mini wargaming for <laughs> uh, competitive content, right? So you're not going to go to mini wargaming until know what the best list is to beat your buddy, right? Or to do well. Um, they do a good job of, of, um, going back and saying where rules they got wrong. So they have like rules they got wrong videos where they talk about the rules that they got wrong. So if you're learning how to play 40k, they're maybe a really good starting tool. And I actually started by watching many Wargaming videos. Uh, and they also do a really good job reviewing content. And now if you look at some of their newer videos, uh, there's a couple videos with Matt, who, who's one of the owners of Mini Wargaming, one of the founders, um, where they actually talk a little bit about the meta uh, in their 
getting into ninth edition series, which I actually thought was really refreshing uh, mm. because Matt actually talked about um, quote unquote, the meta, what people might be running, whether vehicles are good or not. And uh, although obviously um, I don't think anyone knows what the true answer to that is. Um, and Matt isn't exactly the most qualified person. I still respect the fact that he took the time to talk and, um, acknowledge that there is a competitive meta so that might be foreshadowing to a direction mini war gaming goes in the future um which is super cool so uh they're they're the first channel i recommend more casually focused clearly but if you're a guy who really wants to know how to paint your army really well uh play the game and you also want to have fun watching battle reports and maybe you don't necessarily care about going you know six and oh at a tournament they're a really good starting point so boom Bam. Boom. Bam. Next. Next. So I'll I'll smash on the I'll touch on the the guys who I think sent the benchmark, especially for um for uh, battle reports. I think that's tabletop tactics. Um, they they certainly sent the benchmark for quality of um of what they produce as, as far as like the the sheer production quality of what you can push the limits of in um in I suppose our arena. I think a lot of people have been scrambling to catch up with what they produce. I think some have certainly reached the same level, but you know these are these are with like five four or five guys that all have acting backgrounds coming in with production knowledge and you know a really really good working knowledge of how to make things visually appealing and um. And they've got personalities which are obviously endearing as well. I think they've certainly said, yeah, they're they're, they're the forerunners in my opinion. And it's really cool to know that they've managed to transition into fully professional in that role as well. So you can support yourself from this stuff. I know they have a a, a for pay option for every one they release to the public. They have for pay um, behind a paywall. The same same thing for Mini Wargaming. They have their Vault, um, which is a similar mm-hmm. ilk. I think that's I think that's 100 necessary if you're going to be making a living for it from it. I mean, the YouTube money has has fallen out the ass in the last couple of years, as far as I'm concerned. So I think you do yeah. need to have both facets going. What do you guys think? I uh, for battle reports. I love tabletop tactics. Mm. Um, Lawrence Baker is one of the best players in the world. He's easily in the top 100, um, which is saying something. That's a very very good list. Yeah of of players so you know they have a good player in lawrence baker they obviously don't every episode isn't competitive 40k focused but one thing i love about tabletop tactics is they do a really good job of branching the two communities together they're like okay we 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 acknowledge that there's a competitive scene and we have a guy who who knows how to do it so if you need to he's your guy but we also want to have some fun, hang out with the boys, mm. have a good time, maybe beat up on spider a little, the beat up on the spider a little bit. Um, <laughs> who's Lawrence? Uh, or whatever, right? Rag on each other, all that good stuff. They do that too. So um, that's why they've grown so large. And that's actually another uh, YouTube channel, Scardcast. Scarry does the same thing. He has the same kind of style. He doesn't do battle mm. reports, but he has the same style as tabletop tactics in that he is uh, both casually focused. Uh, and on the hobby side, uh, and he has those streams, but he also has a uh, razor sharp knowledge of the competitive scene and what's good, who to talk to, et cetera, et cetera. So, Scarcast is all. I thought Scarry did do podcasts. So, did do he, Battle he Reports, d- my bad. He, he, um, he does. So, like, he, the way I, I, yes, he does uh, all sorts of stuff. He's full, all wholly encompassing. But I think where Scarry's real bread and butter, what I think the best thing he brings to the community is his talking with the with both his patrons and also and by the way, support him, Scardcast, patreon.com slash Scardcast. <laughs> That's with a K. He's a co-host for the podcast. Gotta give him a little extra love and attention. But 
um, he, I think where he really shines is his ability to connect with his audience and talk about things that are going on or talk about tactics and explain them in a way that is both enlightening for someone who's a veteran, but also someone who's new to the game. Um, so he, he does it all. He, he paints and all that stuff too. But I think that if you're looking for a true leader, someone who holds your hand and helps you into the competitive community, I think Scary is like, like your number one guy. He's a teacher. That's, yeah, that's, Scar- that's that's really good. He's he's a coach. He's a teacher. I mean, he's he is one of the um, Art of War coaches as well. Um, so yes, you're right. He does provide that, and he he is all all encompassing, which is great. Um, as mentioned, you were saying like tabletop tactics. They were probably the first guys to do it very well to add that production quality, mm-hmm. to add that acting focus. Um, because I mean, when they got started, like Lawrence was the only player. The other guys had I don't even think they touched a model before before he got them in into like his garage. <laughs> you're right. And was like, this is this correct. game. Come watch. Come record and be funny with me. And and then you know Boner and the rest all got super Turn into up. it. I don't like I don't like the bone. I think Boner is a much better, uh, <laughs> much, much better nickname. I mean, I'm the Falcon. Falcon and Boner, we'd make a great team. Um, anyway, um, but like, and what we've seen recently um, is um, a lot of people are trying to match that. I mean, when I first got into this, uh, we were talking earlier. Like, the only battle reports you could get really were tabletop tactics. Um, you could get uh, Winter's SEO, who do occasional, yeah. like, very casual um, yep. games. But, I mean, really, like, awesome train, etc. Um, and then it was, like, Frontline Gaming, when you guys would put out stuff, Pablo, with, yeah, like, Reese and Frankie yeah. Um, yeah. and Jason. And, like, and those were terrible, but I would watch them. <laughs> because it was, like, the only, it was only, the, it was the only super competitive 40K you could watch, right? So you Man. They were the best. I watched so, that stuff so much. I remember watching it, a, a it Storm Lord. It was super grainy. Yeah, and like Mariana would be like knocking over the camera, and like Frankie'd be yelling about random stuff. Reese would be screaming at his dice, and like they yeah. would delete the episode right after. Uh, <laughs> but like, no evidence of the Reese coaster. Classic well, frontline gaming. But like that was it. But now for competitive, um, we've got Tabletop Titans who have uh, with Brian Pullen and Adrian and Bridger putting out amazing content, like basically daily at this point. Mm. Uh, for ninth yeah. edition, um, and yeah. the stuff they did earlier when they would release like once every three or four months was spectacular. So you knew this was going to be good. Um, yeah, I, I actually on Tabletop Titans, I, in my opinion, I think they produce the best competitive 40k battle reports. They do, they do, a hundred percent. And um, on the casual, the more casual side, I won't say completely casual because uh, their their main, I think their main producer, JT McDowell, is an excellent competitive player. Um, play on tabletop has like by by far the best quality mm. um battle yeah. reports like if, if you like because it's like fully professionally uh, yeah. directed and recorded beautifully painted armies they know they're like like mini wargaming they know their audience so it they're not going hardcore competitive they can um but they do a pretty good job of explaining like what's going on in their games um, but like the shots are beautiful. It's 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 watching a narrative take mm. place when you watch them play. Mm. They've um, they've really yeah. got the peak of the production value. I'm not I'm not sure how you top what they produce. Yeah. So between those two, between those two, I just mentioned tabletop titans and play on tabletop. Like we've got mm. such a good like starting point uh, for like the next step. Mm. Um, I mean tabletop tactics still great. I'm not not putting any shame on that or mini war gaming, but it's like like you said, we're kind of moving into this, this next level of, of mm-hmm. play, which is great because, 
um, like Adam said, I do miss the little grainy uh, backroom <laughs> frontline gaming uh, tables. But uh, I, I, when I used to watch them, I super wished I could actually see what was happening on the board. Um, so, so it's, it's excellent yeah. that we've moved that far. I was about to yeah. say, I remember, I remember watching. Um, Salty Banana playing his Stormlord, and there were some shots where I was like, it could be a Stormlord, it could be a Cinder Block, no one knows. Yeah, I don't it's know. A, it around the same there. dimensions, it looks right. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, uh, Jason didn't know what it was either. So, um, there was that. Uh, but let's talk about uh, there's two more Battle Report focused YouTube channels I want to talk about um, before we get into the other YouTube channel, which is which is the the other side which we'll talk about um after this so striking scorpion striking scorpion has been around forever they have good mm. battle reports they're not um the most competitive in the world but they're not awful either so what i, he does what really I like good to, book reviews as well yeah but Sorry. what i like yeah. about striking scorpion is when i look at his he has like the best terrain tables i look at his tables and i was like man these are the thematic <laughs> elements you're able to push his the narrative elements he's able to push in his battle reports just because of how good the table looks with these little bits of gravel and tufts everywhere and stuff phenomenal that's i find that stuff personally just inspiring for my own hobby yeah absolutely um uh and, and i would then, put winter's seo in, in kind of that there. same yeah, boat same as, as striking winter's, scorpion winter's yeah winter's seo is going to be i'm going to talk about winter's seo because uh to an extent almost all of these youtube channels do battle reports hmm. um i think the only one that doesn't is the top one, which we haven't named yet. I no, think, he does it too. He's done battle, no, he does he battle doesn't. reports too. I think they all do battle reports. So I think that's that's almost a requirement to start a YouTube channel at this point. Unless you're frontline gaming, <laughs> then all your battle reports are backlogged from like six years ago. Yeah. Or but, deleted. <laughs> yeah. Or deleted. Redacted. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, Tactical Tortoise, the, the next channel I wanted to talk about. So they're tabletop simulator focused but tactical tortoise does a really good job i think of showing us both a with tabletop simulators potential um and also just giving us good concise quick battle reports um i don't unfortunately have a ton of ton more information on tactical tortoise other than that do i do any of you consume tactical tortoise uh on, on a, a, another level more than me i mean or did i pretty much nail it particularly in the the current covid world um it, it's it's been great to have because um like that tabletop simulator um for all its ups and downs it's basically been the only thing we've had for you know five or six months um and uh, trevor the fellow that, that kind of runs it does, has done a, like a very admirable job of of keeping people um into it if you will um he's also done a number of like these highlight reel videos that are, that are excellent mm -hmm. um because one thing we've complained about for a long time um when it comes to uh, watching 40k games in a competitive sense is you know it's a three-hour game it can mm -hmm. get pretty dreary for long extended periods of time um, especially if they don't have any kind of commentary at all, or if the commentators are poor like me, um, <laughs> like you're not going to get much out of it. Um, so having these is excellent. Uh, th he also does like the occasional like Nick Hayden style drama report, which I like um, because like you said, Pablo, we, we all need a little bit of that in our lives. Maybe not right now, maybe at this point in, in the world we can do without it. But um, prior, it, it's always, always nice to have that little bit, the little extra anyway. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about the the second, you know, this other breed of YouTube channels that's actually, um, I think, just as important. Um, and I think there's some really good ones on here as well. Uh, so this is the channel that talks about uh, that talks about the competitive 40k scene. So not only do they do things like battle reports, but they also talk about 
uh, reviews. They review the latest content to come out. They talk about the competitive scene in uh, Vanguard Tactics case. Mr. Steven Box, um, you know, cut kind of a what's what's the phrase when you cut your uh, like made a name for yourself. Anyways, made a name for himself off of his content uh, talking about his issues with the competitive 40k scene and what he wanted changed. Um, that, yeah, you know, that, how he that, made that, a name that, for yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely absolutely how his channel blew up. Um, he'd been posting content before then, but I think before that uh, it hadn't nearly got as big as it is now. So Vanguard Tactics, uh, Stephen Box does a really good job of talking about the scene, talking about um, list uh, reviews and reviewing content that GW puts out, things like Psychic Waiting books, etc., etc. So, uh, yeah, if you're if you're looking for a podcast focused kind of like hot take on something in the competitive scene, Vanguard Tactics is a great way to go. Um, he also has a podcast as well, which we'll talk about in the podcast section. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just one example. Um, uh, another one I wanted to kind of highlight is Almost Pro Gaming. So uh, Brady, who runs the Almost Pro Gaming channel, um, it did something that I'd actually never seen before, and that he talked about ITC games and kind of broke them down and analyzed them. He did one with uh, Brandon Grant, which is how I noticed his channel. Um, and ever since then, he puts out like um, he put out like monthly videos talking about uh, where where the meta was, who won, who did well, uh, did top three lists, top five lists, top five factions, top five units. Um, and really talked about the competitive scene from a, a news perspective or an analyst perspective. So um, obviously 40k Stats Center does the same thing, but it's not YouTube focused, it's podcast focused, but it's in the same mode, uh, mold. Um, Winter's SEO also does that. He he has kind of an analyst. He I, I know he has like top three videos as well as reviewing, you know, um, products specifically book reviews etc cetera, etc cetera. so um th- those are really good channels for that content is there anything i'm missing on that end this episode is brought to you by hp instant ink no one is reading your mind but hp instant ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges so you never have to think about ink save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. No, I, I don't, I don't, this is American Adam, by the way. I, I don't, um, I personally don't watch a lot of 40K on YouTube, mm-hmm. but uh, when I do, it's mostly stuff in regards to like new releases so i would watch like winter's sao um i would actually watch almost pro gaming in regards because they come out with those lists every month mm-hmm. and those are always interesting so i usually watch uh those type of things right on um some others uh that are on the list uh uh hellstorm wargaming really good warp surge radio or hex flute viral um he's a guy who's more chaos focused who talks about the tournaments and stuff that he attends and also tactics and views and stuff. So there's a, there's a ton. YouTube. Sorry. Can I just give like, I want to give Hellstorm just a little bit more love than that. Fair enough. Fair enough. And it's because the, like (laughs) Mikey and the crew, um, they're absolutely hilarious. Mm. And I love them for that. Um, Also excellent commentators for the most part. Um, Like I have watched a few tournaments with them on the mics and it, it's been just that much more pleasurable to listen to because of the like the humor they provide while actually still knowing how to like play the game. 
Um, and also the new the new minimum means minimum T-shirt is spectacular. I highly recommend <laughs> buying it. Um, I know I I don't think uh, Frontline Gaming's putting out a T-shirt anytime soon that, about table sizes, but man, oh, I uh, Mikey I has my heart over that. I think they are the Banter Kings. They are the Banter yeah. Kings of 40k. The they, Banter they, Kings. That's fair. Yeah. They're they're also the ones who did the LGT shot casting, yes. right? Last year, yeah, yeah, they're great. They're, just they're a little, amazing. just a little clips and like meme, thirty second meme things they do before their um their you yeah, their battle reports and stuff. Even those are just worth a look in sometimes. I can't I can't be bothered watching the sisters versus GSC right now, but I want to see the thirty second little silliness they put before every episode. Yeah, the little skits they put together. <laughs> yeah, are pretty, fantastic. <laughs> some of them are pretty gold. I like yeah. enjoy them. Right on. Uh, yeah, so if you're interested in uh, YouTube is your medium of choice, uh, There's you can pretty much get almost everything you need um, from YouTube uh, just from a content perspective. Uh, all of these channels, a lot of these channels have interviews where they interview top players. They talk about going to the LBO. They talk about going to premier tournaments. They talk about the best lists. Um, is Out of every YouTube channel we mentioned, is Lawrence Baker the best 40k player out of all of them of uh, for all the youtubers all, all the um, youtubers scar scary's up there scary's up yeah. there but but i i think lawrence has more wins than scary does yeah I no. think lawrence has placed higher, it, i don't know Peter least, know, like... peter's the stats guy he knows so, this so okay it really depends <laughs> on, on like the biggest stages uh for like super large events yes i think lawrence has more like second and third place places mm-hmm. um but that's because Skari doesn't go to a lot of those giganto events. Um, but Skari's won multiple majors and GTs, oh, yeah. uh, where Lawrence hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but I mean, most of them are, are of course in Canada, where Skari is really like one of our three players. Um, <laughs> so that that is going for him. But yeah, like I, I would say, Skari and Lawrence are, are about on par just based off of that. Oh. Um, Stephen Box is not a terrible no, player. No, I'm, I'm an idiot. It's Brian Pullen. Brian Pullen uh, was what I was about no, to say. Right. <laughs> um, Excuse me. He won a small me. tournament in SoCal. Yeah, yeah just, just a more, tiny, just tiny little one. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, the, the point I was trying to make with that <laughs> statement, though, wasn't that, that these players are bad. Because you're listening to a podcast literally edited and hosted by someone who's never won a 40K major before. That's me. Um, but because the podcasts themselves focus on i think they do a better job of showing everyone who the competitive 40k players like like who the absolute best are and i think that's more the podcast medium than the youtube channel medium right it's harder to Mm. fly like nick Nadavati out to your channel um Mm. to talk about uh you know what he's running or what the best lists are so uh, with the youtube with with the youtube (laughs) channels keep that in mind uh you're you're getting good quality competitive content but you are getting it from the same sources over and over and over and as much as i love brian lawrence and scary uh and the rest of those youtube channel guys are uh, i think having a variety is also important um because brian has a different hot take on tau than like nick donavati does or richard siegler might have right Mm -hmm. so keep that in mind uh with the youtube channels you are getting really good quality content however from a variety standpoint there are there are hundreds of really good players, mm. and I think you'll find those in the podcast section. Um, so you, you get a lot of good players in podcasts. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think it's almost encouraging for people out there who are looking to get into the content creating 
thing to know that you we're, there was only three of those content creators out there who we thought had like true world level competitive players on their <laughs> podcasts, like upper, 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 top, top, top tier players. And we listed what, 10 others that are super successful and prolific that don't have these players. I think it's, re- it's a really good indic- uh, indication that you don't need to be a crazy good player in order to create meaningful content and to be successful. You do need to be entertaining though. That, I think that's I think what we that's keep telling ourselves, Adam. That's, we're definitely compensating with. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I've won a major. Medium level, medium level charisma and subpar forty. You're right. You're much better forty k player. Than I, I won an RTT. Does that count? <laughs> cut oh, your absolutely. Teeth. It counts for something. Cut man. your teeth playing forty k. That's the word. That's the phrase I was looking for. Cut your teeth. All right. Let's talk about Twitch channel. I, I think we spent enough talking about YouTube. Let's go right. to Twitch. Um, so Twitch. This one's going to be a little shorter than the podcast section, which is going to be by far the largest section. Um, so. Uh, I think so. I don't want to call them all the same because I know their quality levels vary. However, yeah. if you're watching Twitch in just one channel, I think you're doing it wrong. No, I think yeah. the point mm. of watching all these Twitch streams is that every week, when when f- tournaments were happening, every week or every other week, <laughs> you you should be on one of these Twitch streams l- watching games being played on them. Um, and there's uh, there's two types of Twitch streams that we're going to talk about. Um, the one that we're primarily talking about is the one that streams 40k tournaments. That is pretty much the only reason uh, I like to I go on Twitch to watch games. Um, I know some people like watching games for fun, uh, where you know their favorite YouTuber or their favorite like you have like Charity Hammer, which is obviously an exception to the tournament thing. Yeah. You should watch Charity Hammer. Um, but in general, there are other Twitch. There are other other things you can consume on Twitch from a competitive 40k content perspective, but I think the premier best reason to go on Twitch is the tournaments. Um, am I wrong, or is that is that safe to say? For the most part, I mean, there's a couple um, content providers that are pretty decent that are essentially uh, Twitch exclusive. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yeah, you, you're going to Twitch um, for these streamed events and the the commentary that you're going to get off of them. All right, so let, let's talk about the, some Twitch channels. I'm going to name the obvious one, just get it out of the way. Frontline Gaming TV. Frontline Gaming TV has some of the best content. It's where you can find the LVO, you know, the largest Warmer 40K tournament in the world, um, which this last year in 2000, or this last LVO in 2020 actually featured two streams yeah. um, as well. Uh, oh, yeah, both dude. focusing on competitive 40K. The one was the game being played, and then one mm. was watching games being played but also interviewing top players mm-hmm. um frontline gaming tv is not one you want to watch every week ritually but it unless you really like signals from the front line like really <laughs> really like signals well from the if, if as long as race keeps producing mustaches worth worthy of oh seeing i'll keep that's watching it's he keeps regrowing them and shaving them and he's yeah. morphing constantly but anyways it's so like he's living through gaming, the 70s so frontline gaming tv but if if you're someone who even has the smallest aspiration to being into competitive 40k, uh, you, you have to watch Frontline Gaming. I think Frontline Gaming TV is must-watch Twitch uh, content whenever there's a Frontline Gaming tournament going on. Yeah, and that's yeah. not. I'm not saying that as like someone who literally works for Frontline Gaming and who's a <laughs> TO or who's an organizer for these tournaments. Um, I'm just saying that even if I wasn't working for Frontline Gaming, um, there's other Twitch channels like this as well. But that's. I'm just gonna start with that. Start with Frontline well, Gaming TV. Well, for frontline gaming TV, if it outside of LVL, so you're looking at SoCal Open and BAO, and mm-hmm. you have at least Reese and Frankie there who essentially run ITC and whatever rulings they make, 
on air, whatever, this gives you an idea of where ITC, what they intend in regards to their missions and, and uh, rules, rules, issues, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another big one um, that at least me and Pete and even Adam are well familiar with is uh, the Lord Marshall TV Twitch oh, stream. I'm familiar with it too, yeah. <clears throat> so if anyone that's from the Midwest or w- likes watching games from the Midwest, that's the Twitch that's the Twitch channel to watch because uh, Jason Horn, who runs it, and also the Lord Marshall series is all over the Midwest mm. with, the, with with the Lord Marshall TV. Fantastic yeah. dude, Jason. Yeah, and he's, oh, he's always innovating in mm. regards to what to do with how to make Twitch work. So whether it's having a mobile camera, walk around and see what the other tables look like. He was the first one to use the ITC Battles app when it was still on computers for his uh, for his games, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And he has enough events that he can test out different stuff with them. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, the next one is uh, Flying Monkey in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. no uh, – Go ahead, Peter. No, that was it. Just saying, just agreeing. No, no disrespect to the Ocho. Um, I think Lord <laughs> Marshall TV has also the best and most variety of commentators on it, and that's because Jason remotely. I mean, best you know, is, is in, questionable. But brings in variety. It's only be, it's only best when I'm on. He yeah, has, it's only when Adam and like, John are there, and John's not paying attention to the game, so it's only Adam <laughs> actually saying what's going on. Yeah. yeah, if you listen, if you listen to like chapter tactics regularly, he's had on like half of the chapter tactics guests that have ever come on, right? As commentators, maybe he's, maybe less yeah. a little less than that, but he's had a lot of commentators on the Lord Marshall TV. He has people from all over the world um, commenting and cast shoutcasting these events going on with with some of the best players in the world playing in them. Um, so it, it's really great. Uh, we're actually going to be uh, special shout out to Flying Monkey Con. Um, which is going to be airing um, August seventeenth, uh, I think. No, fourteenth, uh, fourteenth to the seventeenth. Maybe I'm fourteenth, completely 15th. wrong. Yeah, fourteenth, fifteenth. Excuse me, but anyways, August uh, Flying Monkey Con is going to be happening. Lord Marshall TV is going to be streaming that. Uh, I'm going to be shoutcasting on that. I've already got a scheduled scheduled for I think Sunday. Um, either way, uh, I do highly recommend uh, watching that and uh, as if you're new to Twitch chat Twitch streaming, just to get a feel for what it's like. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I, I'm I'm curious to see what a, a COVID Twitch stream event it looks like with Jason putting it on, but we'll see. Um, let's talk about these others. Adam Camilleri, there, yep. there's a big one in here that, that I think you might have you know some interest in, or you might have some knowledge about. <laughs> so yeah, I like to think I was uh, I got onto this horse pretty early in the piece, and um started uh, down to the network in Australia, me and myself and Josh Diffie. We started, well, we committed to, to streaming and producing high-level um, Twitch streams uh, once a month. So we, we'd go travel to one event in Australia a month and stream that. And if not, we would um, get someone else to set up one in another place remotely, and then we'd remote in and stream their event. Um, and we did we did that for the better part of, I think it was a, a year, year and a half. Um, but you're naturally covid and uh, some WTC requirements I had made it meant that I needed to start playing again um, in order to stay sharp and relevant rather than um, streaming. And so that's dropped off a bit, but it will return. Should COVID ever become less dominant in Australia and events are able to become more prolific and I'm able to actually leave my suburb, we will be doing that again under the um, Art of War Down Under brand, which um, Down Under Network has become. So yeah, like I, 
And um, I'd, I'd love Jason Horn and a fully, there is no such thing as like uh, stealing other people's ideas. But yeah, we, I, I, that was one of the things we tried to do. We tried to get very uh, well-known, well-versed players on to help prop up our content and to help us to get uh, our notoriety out there. So we would have, uh, Jim Vessel was one of the, for, during his, his legendary streak of being undefeated for like nine months, we had him on commentating games pretty much every other like every month we'd have him on and he'd, he'd commentate a game or two while he was lying in bed about to go to sleep and stuff it was just a really fun stuff peter's been on pablo you've been on like yeah it was really really fun and really awesome i can't wait to do it again mm. yeah absolutely uh art of war art of war down under as well art of war uh twitch streaming really really good content for watching good players um specifically art of war 40k where you get you know I think they have like a, a gaming house now where it's just yeah. you get to watch some of the best players, you know, in the yeah. world. I mean, they do for Art of War 40K, Twitch. they do daily like uh, paint and que- and like Q&As where Richard Siegler, Nick Nonavati, um Mark Perry, John Lennon, they're all in that house um, and they'll just pop on for like an hour. Uh, painting models and they'll answer questions from anybody mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and that's something that a lot of people pay for so it, even just getting that time is, is uh, sometimes worth it I, I was i think especially in a covid world where you there, there's not a million tournaments to to listen into to really find out what's happening asking these guys you know what do you think's happening because like this the trap house is essentially like uh some of the best competitive 40k you're going to be getting right now because that's all they're doing right now yeah. is you mm-hmm. know some of the the better players in one place playing the game consistently um so art of war 40k is a great twitch channel to tune into um i i particularly like their current uh their current game system i generally only tune in near the end because i like the recaps better than watching the entire game um just just because you get a feel for what the, what they're actually like thinking through right now from a competitive level perspective um another one i want to talk about since we talked about lord marshall and you know like the extent they go to to pr- to provide like an excellent product um in a live tournament setting mm. honest wargamer um rob oh, yeah. Symes um has when he does a tournament, because I, I, he does everything, right? I mean, he's generally more Age of Sigmar focused. He does have like a, his Thursday uh, Warhammer show and the 40k adjacent show with Val and I every Tuesday morning. Um, but when he does a tournament, when he, which I believe he's moved now to the his Super Series uh, channel, but um, like that is by far the best um, equipment and setup for an event um of anybody um mm. out there. So I mean there's a reason why WTC picked him to handle uh to handle their event it was supposed to be this year but now will be next year. Um because like Rob spares no expense. Um all his gear's incredible. Um mm. his views on commentary and um while he's very stringent in how he likes to do things, I don't think they're in, I don't think they're wrong either. Um because he does an excellent job of keeping the flow when you're watching a game. Um, so you don't ever have these lulls. If you're a person that hates a player uh, having mic'd players, mm. uh, so does he. So you don't have to deal with that. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it's it's such excellent content to watch. Um, when I did um, the um, oh frig, my brain is is dying on me. When I went to Ottawa for the can the um, oh. Capital City Bloodbath last year, and 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 um, and commentated with him, I loved every second of it because it was such a different experience to what you normally see with these Twitch events um, in terms of commentary, in terms of like watching these guys like do their table readers and everything else. Mm. Loved it. And Rob's just a good guy. So if you want to hear like a really salty XGW empl- uh, employee <laughs> oh, yeah. rage against the system, 
That's um, putting just, it lightly. Just tune in uh, at random, and if you wait for half an hour, somewhere in that half hour, he'll have something super negative to say. Um, but like, just a joy. I love it. Uh, 40k Jason show is also super fun. Me and Val, we get on and we just talk about um, the Bush administration for about <laughs> for about 45 minutes, and then we'll have like 15 minutes where we'll actually talk about where the 40k game currently stands. And yeah, they're they're talking. They of course they talk about the uh, the. This isn't a politics focused podcast at all so they're talking about the bushes in canada right that oh like we're just talking about like a general set of years right so like the the early aughts we we'll get into (laughs) pretty deep um placenta like we just talk about whatever (laughs) happens to cross our mind all right all right but this is what happens when 40k is at a standstill (laughs) peter peter's temporarily had his mic taken away um another some other great uh some other great uh Battle Report or Twitch stream <laughs> podcast that uh, stream games is uh, Warmer Community. There are certain there are certain places you don't you shouldn't watch the Warmer Community. Or certain tournaments you shouldn't watch the Warmer Community stream on. However, the LVO is a great example of one that you should watch. Um, yeah, you you can find some good stuff like at Nova. Uh, it really depends, but occasionally if you walk if you go to like Reddit or competitive 40k, occasionally you get some really good content on the Warmer Community GW Twitch stream. Uh, Canhammer is also really good if you, especially if you um, are Canadian and you're looking for more good Canadian content mm-hmm. and good Canadian events to attend. Canhammer is really good. Um, obviously, content. Charity and Hammer, also custodies content and custodies yeah. and yes. custodies content. Yes, Some, sometimes uh, only if only occasionally they talk about custodes. Yeah, <laughs> D- team battle team battle brothers is similar to the art of war in that they have really good players come on and play games and also talk about um, talk about you know what they think about the metas and also at Sean this point Maiden it's mostly paints. just painting right yeah, it's, it's just yeah. Sean Every, and Brad beautiful Chester. Eldar mm. and so far so far they've had a mon- a Monday a Monday paint session every week yeah that's yeah. The, what they're currently doing but yeah. those are those are also really good 40k those are also really good 40k players as well um yeah and then uh to give i want to give another shout out to the long war tv uh specifically kenny boucher um in general i would not recommend the long war or long war tv to people who want our competitive 40k focused um <laughs> however if you tune into Kenny on Longmore TV when he does stream, Kenny's a, a good player. He uh, attends tournaments when he can, um, or when they're going on. Uh, you know, he's definitely been around the scene a long time. He has a good pulse on who's good, who isn't good. He talks to some of the best players in the world too. So special shout out to him. Uh, and then I have another one here on my list that. Uh, I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with A W O P I. Oh, so that is the Art of War. Yeah, plugged in. So that's specifically for streaming uh, tabletop simulator content. So that's that's a, a new initiative started up due to the state of the world at the moment in order to continue yeah. putting out high-quality games. So that's John Damaris, and usually he'll get a... I mean, the last one he had on, I think, was Innes Wilson, who was a, a fa- fabulous Scottish player. And they'll just, mm-hmm. just wax lyrical and, and commentate over a... Um, Two gentlemen playing a game on tabletop simulator. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty enjoyable, um, and it is necessary at the times. But I think even this stuff might have some longevity because a lot of what they're using it for is for you know experimental lists, trying out things that you don't you can't afford to run out and buy twelve hundred dollars worth of models to try out a list. So this is the kind of the a bit of a launching platform for different concepts and metas and things. So I like it a lot. I think it's pretty valuable. All right, right on. Uh, and then we we do have one other um, Twitch channel on the list that is on the list, but someone I think deleted it. And I can't get them back. It was <laughs> it was you put Team Battle Brothers twice. 
Uh, oh, I put Team Battle. That's what it was. I put Team yes, Battle don't Brothers worry twice. About it. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Silly me. All right, on to the podcast. You just love Brad um, Jester so much. What are we? We're at, we're an hour and fifteen in, and we haven't even touched on the actual podcast. <laughs> we haven't even Hilarious. touched the podcast. We're gonna do the best we can. Um, there's a lot of podcasts. Uh, let, let's just jump right into it. So I want to talk about the competitive podcasts first. So these are the podcasts that you listen to if you are into the competitive scene you already have you've already maybe cut uh or you've attended a tournament or two um you're looking to get really good you're looking for uh, content from really good competitive focused players um no nonsense who talk about tournaments and winning tournaments um so the first thing i want to mention is uh best in faction mm-hmm. uh, best in faction is uh colin sherman and mitch pelham uh they and chuck and chuck, and chuck, and chuck, chuck. And chuck excuse me i'm so sorry chuck uh but what i like about best in faction is that it's a part Colin it's a part Colin Sherman journey to being really competitive uh part Mitch Pelham already being an amazingly good player and being really intelligent um and also a community it's really yeah. focused on getting players to talk about what the best builds are what the best lists are they have great guests on they have great competitive guests um and although although uh you don't see like Colin Sherman like dominating every single term you go to like it's not um and same thing with mitch they they do such a good job they're, they're very intelligent people who do such a good job of showing like where you can go wrong tactically what you can do better tactically um so i, I highly recommend it especially if you're looking for a community focused podcast mm. that gives you good uh, good up-to-date content and good up-to-date tactics. What I really like about them, you know how you, you'll do a maths test or exam and it'll say you'll, you have to write out the answer, but you don't just have to write out the answer, you have to show your thinking. <laughs> I really yes. like that about Best New Faction because they always show their thinking of why they think yeah. in certain ways, yeah. where their perspectives are coming from. I think that's really valuable to me at least. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's name another podcast because we're running out of time. Um, we need to get through these. So anyone... Uh, I could I could do mine, I guess, <laughs> and then I'll do mine. Um, and then Mitch, you can do his. Yeah, then we'll, then, cut then, off then, yeah. then we'll then we'll stop there. Um, so th- those that don't know, I do uh, TFG Radio, uh, which is essentially basically the three three uh, basically th- half the forty the LVO judges. Um, it's not for be- I don't I wouldn't call it for beginners. Um, it's for people that, that are used to playing. Um, if you want a behind the scenes look of tournaments and especially LVO and ITC. Then you can give us a listen because we do help with a lot of the stuff behind the scenes in regards to that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, and and for stuff for any issues that come up in tournaments, whether it's uh, player infractions, uh, tos doing something or not doing something, and we we talk about stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, TFG Radio, you guys have been around for a long time too. Mm. You guys you five guys and a half before, years. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah uh, tfg radio has definitely evolved to the place I, I think everyone should go to if they want just want to know what's going on with judging and uh with tournaments um obviously you guys have salty john you um danny, danny. and then we have tom who's more of a player than a judge but he he's working his way to, to judging and then um since we also record on twitch it allows people to ask us questions live and re- whether it's rules questions or why um people do the things they do during games and whether it's a judge or a player and we give our perspective on, on, on that. Right on. All right, Pete, is that you clicking around in there on the, on the Google doc? Yeah. Well, you <laughs> want to stop? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, let, um, no, Adam, Adam do his show. 
I actually want to plug the normal blokes first. So when I dropped the ball for Australian... Actually, I want to plug two Australian ones before I plug my own. Um, There's the normal blokes. These are the guys who kind of picked up the ball I dropped when I started creating my podcast um, a couple of years ago. And they've really run with it. So they've got a really awesome group of dudes they're they've got a they're i'd say they're on the upper echelons of competitive they've got liam hackett there guys you don't know liam hackett he's the guy who made mega knobs good and um went six and oh at, at wtc for team australia is a phenomenal player um so he's on there they've got um denith who's a pretty great, great imperium player and liam oh, sorry not liam um luke pierce who's an amazing all-rounder as well and so they're yeah they're a good well-rounded bit of banter they talk some crap they sometimes talk really competitive stuff and usually they're all about trying to make people enjoy competitive 40k more which i like a lot um um, and they're all about improving the experience. Um, past that, there are some people who've been uh, some Warhammer brand, so Games Workshop branded hobby heroes or legends or whatever. Um, Objective Secured, that's uh, um, Michael and Emma Basque. And they're just, they're from WA, Perth in Western Australia. And they've just been community champions for as long as I can remember. They're a different kind of podcast though. So right now, yeah. we're fo- they're oh, not a competitive fo- focus podcast. I just they're jumped into the Australians. Yeah, I, okay. under- I understand. Yeah, it's not sorted by region. Um, well, why don't you talk about objective secured now, um, real quick? And then yeah, yeah. So yeah, Emma, Emma and, and Michael Basque—they're fantastic community leaders um, in Perth, and they've just been doing nothing but creating awesome content for years and years and years. They run events, um, and yeah, they're just a, a amazing pair of people. They, they create lots of prolific content. Find them mostly on Facebook live streams, um, but they also yeah put out in podcast format as well. So look them up. Hmm. Right on. All right, back back to competitive forty k podcasts. Uh, the ones that focus hyper competitive for podcasts, uh, Pete. Well, I'm going to na- nail out three because I think they're they kind of fall into a certain category, which is like very specific podcasts, um, in that they focus maybe on one faction or or maybe or you know they're known for one faction. They may talk about other stuff, but um, Can Hammer's podcast um, also on Twitch, but they they do do a podcast as well. Um, Darren Say and Chris Haynes. Uh, whenever uh, Darren, who's like ninety percent of the content, whenever <laughs> he's on, it's exclusively Adeptus Custodes <laughs> content. Um, <laughs> And you know what? That's fine because uh, he loves them. I love them. Um, and it's really well thought, really well thought out, really well put together. Um, he's basically the only guy doing it right now. So it's it's great to listen to if you like custodies. They have a Discord as well. A lot of signal to noise ratio problems there is because there's just so many people in it. But like really great podcast. Um, when Chris is on, they also talk a lot about um, team events. And that has its own place because there's not a lot of podcasts that focus on that. So when Chris and Darren start talking about the Can Hammer Team Tournament or WTC, mm-hmm. you get to see an, another side of the game that we don't see in podcasts very often. So it's always great listening uh, there. Um, High Lords of Terra is a one of my favorite podcasts to mm. listen to. Um, Alex Ganaway and uh, Michael Tempe and the rest of the crew there, they're just like... Um, it's a well it's a well produced podcast with excellent players talking about the game as a whole a lot of people call it the necron podcast because michael tempe Tempe is one of the like the better necron players in the world and they do do a, a good amount of necron content but um like a really good episode to listen to about say some of the issues with the 40k app when it when it first came out is the <laughs> high lords of terra podcast because alex is a an app designer by trade that's what he's done for a living for years and years uh is like game and app production so listening to him and his um his like insight into the the issues with the with the app and where it should be going what he expects um it's it's a really good listen just for that episode alone Overall, a great show. And lastly, I'll, I'll mention uh, Sister Act. It's a very, very new podcast. Mitch Beard and Rob the Buttery Gentleman. 
um, they get on players uh, from around the world that are like sisters of battle, hyper competitive focused, um, have them come in, talk about their lists, talk about where they think the like sisters of battle are. So if you're, if you enjoy sisters of battle or that's your army or what you want to take competitively, like I cannot recommend that, that, uh, that channel more. They've had Brandon Grant on, they've had, uh, uh, Alan Bedramovitz, uh, P- Pajama Pants, uh, Pajama, Andrew yeah. Gagno, um, I believe Mitch Pelham's been on. Like they, all these Those people are that either really good names, by the way. Like Those all these people that familiar. either like have considered playing or do play uh, Sisters of Battle, and it's just like it's a really good listen. It's well produced. I I can't recommend it more. If you're into if you don't care about Sisters of Battle, don't listen to them. But if you like Sisters of Battle or you want to know <laughs> like where they're going to be competitively. <laughs> Um, because maybe you have a lot of them in your meta, by all means, take a listen, because they, they provide a lot of really good insight. Absolutely. Um, one I want to mention is uh, In the Finest Hour, uh, Sean, Shaylin, and now Ben Jurek uh, all run In the Finest Hour. It is a podcast you can find on FrontlineGaming.org and anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Uh, but w- what's really cool about In the Finest Hour is they focus in an hour on a very specific part of competitive 40k uh, tactics or or playing the game right so one thing you will notice with these competitive 40k podcasts is they do tend to get a little bloated um when they bring on guests uh like this one um (laughs) uh, they bring on guests they bring on a lot of people they broaden their topics to um you know just kind of appeal to a very specific audience or a general audience in the finest hours more focused uh it's one hour long of just really good discussion about one very specific thing um, like maybe deploying for when you want to go first or um, how to move models properly uh, when you're an all infantry army or specific stuff like that. So I, I think it's really good evergreen content. Um, I highly recommend it. They haven't had an episode uh, since the 4th of July. However, I have talked to Sean. Uh, Sean has, I think, come on this podcast even and said they plan on doing more episodes. So In the Finest Hour is definitely coming back. Uh, but I highly recommend it. Uh, as well all right uh also art of war we can't we we cannot we cannot talk about competitive focused podcasts <laughs> without talking about the art of war uh john damaris does a, a phenomenal job producing the art of war and also the art of war down under uh adam you produce the art of war down under as well yeah that's that's, that's me that's 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 a solo show there's a solo show me and whoever no it's not well it's not solely me it's, oh, it's, it's me and whoever i can coerce <laughs> i can coerce and you know tantalize into joining me on it so that that show i've re- been recently released um next episode the one episodes coming up this week will be myself and john lennon talking custodes actually so tune into yes. that if you've got interest there but uh, that's another two-parter as in the same ilk as art of war and the first part is all about um breaking down content so we're going to be going through for, for this episode with john lennon we're going to be going through the uh, custode psychic awakening literally breaking it down line by line rule by rule strategy by strategy and talking about its implications what it adds what it attracts is it good is it worth it etc etc um and then in part two we put the stuff that we talk about in the first episode we took it into practice so the first episode is all about uh reviewing content Content, telling you what this brings to the table and then giving you a rating system out of 10 for how good it is um, and then in the second part uh, we use that stuff we start building lists with uh, the content we've just talked about talking about the nuance of it how to make them how to make it work in missions what secondaries to pick what relics and tech choices you want to look into and really get into the, the nuance nitty-gritty of making it go on the table so that's that's that two-parter um, and art of war the regular art of war is um, I suppose I suppose 
I've positioned myself to be the pre-artivore and they're the, the pre-event and they're the post-event because um, <laughs> they get people who have been successful with a list, successful with a faction or an archetype and get them in and get them breaking down and talking about what worked, what didn't, um, how well they did, why they did well, things like that. And that, that is, again, is a, is a two-parter. In the first part, they'll talk about um, just the list and what it was and, and why it did well. In the second part, they'll get into the real deep nitty-gritty of um, the mechanics of it and I suppose the, the more moving parts. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of fast talking to basically say <laughs> there's a lot of good content on the art of war. <laughs> Apologies. They call me Adam Words for a minute, Camilleri. <laughs> nice, nice. But but yeah, um, I, I love the art of war. I, I love the idea of having – first off, I understand that some people might, might blanch a little at a paywall. Mm. However, I love that I, – I couldn't – I couldn't think of a better person to have, you know, a paywall and actually have good content that you pay for than Nick Navadi and the crew that he's kind of brought together. They have the best players in the world, you know, at your hands, at your fingertips, coaching you. And if you want to succeed in a 40k tournament, the Art of War is absolutely something you should consider looking at. Um, but yeah, the the two parter episode. The, there's always good regular content. Uh, there's faction focuses. There's tournament talk. There's all sorts of great content on the Art of War. Um, I think that I, I think that it definitely fulfills that niche of being the hardcore competitive 40k podcast that you should listen to. Um, all right, uh, let's talk. Um, uh, let's talk about Florida Man 40k um, <laughs> real quick. Uh, although I'm I'm actually. Where do they stand now that Richard Siegler and John Lennon and Nick Donovan now they're all together? Do they still put out like regular episodes? Well, yeah, John um, says he John says he intends to. Okay, perfect. Yeah, they 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 put it out not on a regular basis. They'll they'll, they'll I think the last ones actually maybe a week or two ago. But um, but you have basically the top players on that show it's Siegler and Lennon essentially mm-hmm. but they also had two other Ruben books Fernandez on there. is really good and yeah yeah, yeah yeah there's a third guy that that they all made like well Siegler obviously won ITC Lennon was in the top 8 they had another guy that was almost in the top 8 this last year also they almost had three they almost had three people out of the eight in mm. the top eight. So when Lennon sold it to me, because I got I, Lennon, I got him to plug his stuff on my podcast, and he was saying how what he's trying to do with Florida M40K is to get those those three levels of competitive play. The the person who's just starting on their competitive adventures or their their journey, the guy who's kind of been in it for a couple of years but hasn't reached the success that they want, and then the the veteran in EG, in EG Lennon Siegler, these guys, who, the guys who've reached mm-hmm. the peak, who've been successful year in year out. Um, and I love I love that idea. I love that concept of getting all th- all kind of the the beginner journeyman and expert level of pro- proficiency in the same podcast. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very difficult to do, mm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, so check them out. They're they're the hottest team ITC team going into. We're the hottest ITC team going into the season before the season kind of <laughs> went yeah. kaput. But um, they will be coming around to Team Brohammer. Um, and then finally, uh, Red- Veteran Gamer Reenlisted. Um, I know they haven't had an episode in a while. Yeah. I-, I don't know necessarily what their deal is, but well, they were the always- deal with that for those that don't know, it's 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 it was originally created by guys that were that served in the military. Mm-hmm. That's why that hence the name. Um, it's a bit colorful language. If you ever served in the military, you'll be used to it. <laughs> and so, and it involves the top Eldare player, which is Ray Ahumada. And one of the top chaos players, at least on the West Coast, and he won Slaughterfest last year in um, in uh, Richard Cozart. And they haven't had an episode since June, June 23rd, I believe. But that's because the host, Andy, he has a – I think his job has to do with politics and it's get, getting kind of busy right now. 
and he controls he he's the one that gets them to record so once he gets back on track in terms of recording they'll they'll have episodes back as far as i know they're still gonna they still plan on doing episodes and they they're the ones that run Slaughterfest in um in the at the casino the pachanga casino yep yeah absolutely um but yeah they really good west coast really good west coast players really yeah. good west coast content um the colorful language i, I think if you're um if you're the kind of person who who is interested in competitive 40k but you maybe don't maybe you want um you want also to be entertained while you're listening to it really really good entertaining competitive 40k focused podcast and then finally we've got gentleman gaming which was just brought up to me the podcast put out by uh alan pajama pants brad chester and alex fennel um are all kind of on board with this gentleman gaming they're also a team in in the itc uh and they are just a stacked podcast full of phenomenal good phenomenal players um, who talk about uh, you know 40k 40k stuff so check them out too they're on facebook right now that's um, primarily if you want to catch episodes that's where you catch the episodes um, but i just discovered them uh, they've got a buddy of mine who was on it uh, his name is james carmona um, who has been around the scene a long time but uh, i would absolutely check them out as well <laughs> and um, that is it so l- let's go ahead and talk about uh the um casually competitive podcasts so uh these are ones like like chapter tactics this podcast uh which focuses focuses on um bringing new players into the game and introducing them to the competitive world um so that's one one definition of a a casually competitive podcast uh another would be people who do um reviews regular reviews and stuff so kind of like what a hybrid podcast would do except only competitive 40k focus right so um there's no hobby talk at all it's just talking about competitive 40k um sometimes tactic stuff sometimes just messing around sometimes talking about tournaments and tournament news um 40k stat center is probably a hybrid competitive podcast slash casually competitive podcast i don't know pete where would you put 40k stat center 40k stat center i mean where i think we're about as competitive as you can get all we do is talk about tournaments and uh, talk to people who win tournaments um Sure, Val has never won anything in his life, um, and uh, and I'm dumb, but um, <laughs> we managed to somehow put it together. So for, I would say 40k Stat Center is about a, like if you look at who listens to us, our our um, our demographic tends to be people that are very interested in the competitive side of the game mm-hmm. and what's currently winning. We don't talk much about anything else. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say you have to be a 40k competitive veteran to listen to 40k stat center but if you um, want to be it's a good place to listen oh yeah absolutely um so anyways um one the first one i want to kind of plug is the best general put out by adam abramowicz um it is a seasoned uh episode and i believe now that i don't want to spoil it for anyone essentially the, what the best general is is it's um adam's journey to winning uh warzone atlanta no, um, it's not. It's winning best general in Warzone. Winning Atlanta. the yeah. best general at Warzone Land. Excuse me. Which is, if you're unfamiliar, <laughs> it's a competitive it's called scene. That. Um, it's both being. No, it's best general is th- that's not their best overall, right? Or is that, is that, is that, is uh, that their, best their best overall? Best it, it's it. Yeah, they have a best overall, then they have a best general, which is what he wanted to win. And it's a really good podcast, even though he hasn't put out an episode for a while. It's a really good podcast. It's an evergreen podcast because he talks a lot about things like your mental health, your physical health in regards to gaming. He brings on like Olympic level athletes to talk about preparing for events, things like that. Stuff you can still listen to even though maybe a year or two old 
and it's still available. So if you ever pl- if you plan on becoming to take it to that next level, like more than just a casual gamer, it's one you should probably listen to. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the, but yeah, it follows his journey um, to winning the best general uh, award at Warzone Atlanta, um, and it's also seasonal. So, um, uh, yeah, super good. Uh, like like Adam said, evergreen content. Yeah. Uh, Pete, Adam, Australian Adam. Uh, so this is where I, I should have talked about um, Objectives for Cured because they have quite a variety <laughs> program. But uh, as for other ones, I tune into. Sorry, what was on this list? There was there was one on this list I want to talk about. Oh, sorry, I sh- FTN. I should I should call I should call that Forge Narrative, seeing as I'm I'm pretty staple on that at the moment, or I have been for the last like eighteen months. So Forge Narrative, admittedly, <laughs> it's not as competitive as it has been in years gone by. Although I still think it has this competitive edge, and it's. It's very much a variety show. I mean, Paul does an incredible, yeah. incredible program and he puts together and brings together so many different facets of the game. But I feel like if you wanted a one-stop shop for getting in touch with a lot of different facets of what's going on in the community, it's a really good place to go. Um, there is competitive content, there's non-competitive content, there's hobby content. Yeah. It's Yeah, it is really a, a, a bit of everything. And um, yeah. I think it's I think it's a staple of the 40K community and I, I love that it's still here. And, and that I get Paul to be a part Murphy. of it. Paul Murphy is like in the top five for most handsome 40k players. Um, that's not that's not a high bar. No, <laughs> I mean it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean number one is pretty high, I think. But number one, number two. Well, number one after yes, that, it drops high. real fast. Number <laughs> one is extremely high. Uh, like, and, and just back to FTN, like in the last couple, last month, um, Duncan Rhodes was on FTN. Um, what was the the black library guy he had on? Jeez. Dan Abnett. Dan, Dan yeah, Dan Abnett. freaking yeah. Abnett was on. Like this, yeah. There is some prolific and incredible, incredible content. He's not on that even show. just the black library guy, by the way. He writes. No. Uh, Lord Guardians of, of the Galaxy. Of Legends. Guardians. Yeah, of the he did Galaxy. do Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Sorry. Uh, I have some stories I can tell after after this about FTN. <laughs> yeah. It's got a long history, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We have got competitive 40k podcast here by Stephen Box, another kind of like uh, Vanguard Tactics, oh yeah, um, adjacent show, and um, yeah, it's it's a really good show to listen to if you're kind of just if you yeah if for if for teaching if you're just trying to get into it. Um, Stephen really breaks down a lot of like tactics that that he uses and other people use in competitive 40k. Um, it's well produced. Uh, yeah, it's it's just another in that kind of Vanguard Tactics. Um, whatever you want to call it now like they've he's like they've made it into like a whole thing it's not just a podcast he's got a youtube channel he's got everything and this yeah, is kind of so like, like that, a multimedia that added bonus so absolutely um there's a couple on here i'm, I'm not actually familiar with um, okay um so battle host if you're if you're just starting out and you want to dip your toes into competitive i think battle host is an excellent uh podcast to listen to they take they take almost a begin they take a beginner's approach to a lot of the mm. aspects of the game. Right now they're doing a series of podcasts breaking down each section of the new edition for you. And it's 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 done in a very teaching manner and it's very easy to easy to listen to. Um I enjoy it. Um anybody new to competitive or just new to 40k in general uh, should listen to it. They they do take aspects of it and turn it into a competitive. That's why it's more on a casual competitive category as to a hardcore competitive. Because they do have one excellent, well, at least one excellent player in um, Matt, and then uh, the other players also play in tournaments, but maybe not are, are as strong. So they have the different uh, different levels of players on the show that give you different different views of of the different rules. 
Mm. I think that's really good for those just starting out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real Space Raiders is a, a more casually competitive focused podcast. It specifically talks about Dark Eldar. Yeah, uh, they're it's, new. It's, they're, they're relatively yeah. new. I think seven episodes in, six or seven episodes in. Um, yeah. Check them out. Uh, and then <laughs> the Dangly Boys, which um, <laughs> yeah, Dangly Boys. It's a, like a southern podcast from just a few dudes that are like recently getting into competitive 40k. Um, Seth. Oster, who's a pretty decent uh, orc player. I know he's going to be on Best in Faction soon, I think, for a uh, like a faction focus for how he thinks they're going to carry into ninth. Um, but same idea as what we've... like. It's kind of like a, a niche that we've seen pretty frequently. Best in Faction may have been the first, except they kind of split it and that they had Colin, who was kind of coming up, and Mitch, who was already there. This is more of a, like, here's a bunch of guys that are just getting into it. And, you know, you listen to them, sh- you know, shoot the poop. At each other <laughs> while they're talking about hobby, etc. It's uh, it's a it's an okay podcast. I I enjoy Seth's uh, commentary on a, a number of topics. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, um, and then finally, Forty K Today put out by John Damaris on Frontline Gaming Network. Um, I had a hard time placing this, but um, it's more like casually competitive news focused. It's everything. But it, it's yeah, every, it's a yeah, mix it's of everything. everything. But he has a lot of top players on there. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But John Damaris, uh, the the best thing about this podcast is that it's uh fits seamlessly in to the other podcasts it's because their episodes are really quick um yeah. they're daily uh and john Demers does a really good job with production value and kind of giving you you know uh what you want to know or what you need to know so I highly yeah they're, that. they're only like 15 20 minutes yeah. long yep and he packs a lot of information in those 15 15 minutes and they've got a really absolutely. good crew mm, it's a really mm-hmm. unique show going and i, I think it's really interesting that it's it's come about when it has because I think 40k is finally in a position to support a, a daily program with um with what it has going on and all the content that comes out so prolifically. I think that's just really exciting and a lot to take on for somebody and I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk some more hybrid uh, podcasts um, and then we'll kind of round up the episode. So uh, the Flying Monkeys podcast, I, I cannot not mention them uh bam bam <laughs> hunter is uh one of the personalities um you'll find him on lord marshall tv you'll actually see yeah. him at the flying monkey con if you go to the they, flying yeah, monkey that's what con. they run um but they are uh they're like the veteran gamer re-enlisted if none of them won tournaments <laughs> they well <laughs> that, oh no they man. so they recently <laughs> added <laughs> They recently added Ben Sherwin and Dan Simon. Oh my gosh, G- never mind. GT I take winners. that back. So. <laughs> two, two phenomenal players. Excuse me. <laughs> I was just thinking. Don't call I- Dan Salmon's phenomenal. His brain will explode. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, I was just thinking of, uh, to be fair to me, I was just thinking of uh, Bam Bam when you're, I said that. You would be correct in from the early days. Yes, absolutely. But um, go go on. Talk, continue talking. But about they, but they were they so they run uh, Flying Monkey GT or Flying Monkey Con now, um, and they're in the Midwest, so that's why the Lord Marshall series is is showcasing why Bam Bam is is on there. But it's similar in the vein to Veteran Gamer in that they're kind of they're kind of raunchy, maybe not as much as Veteran Gamer, but they they you know there's still got a if you if you don't like colorful language, then you may not like it. But it's very informative, especially with the addition of of Ben Sherwin and Dan Salmons. Um, and how they look in, in, at at the missions and the tournaments. They just they actually ran the first ninth edition tournament because mm-hmm. GT because they ran it the day ninth edition was released. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're actually going to have a, a an interview with them later on, and re- at least with with uh, Brian as to how that went. Uh, but uh, but it's very informative, very opinionated. Um, they also they're not afraid. More importantly, they're not afraid to confront 
uh, unsavory characters in the game. I was going to say anyone. Well, true, but more importantly, unsavory characters <laughs> in the game. <laughs> There's a really good inter- interview with Justin Lois if you, when you, if you find that episode. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with everything you said, Adam. They they are very much in the same mold as veteran gamer reenlisted. Um, they, they're probably a, a little a little less niche. Um, with the, you yeah. know they focus on a lot more aspects of competitive 40k. Yeah, but, they have uh, a hobby. They have a hobby. Uh, like what you did. What what hobby did you did? What games you played? Things like that. Mm-hmm. With yeah. a lot of more uh, narrative or, or non-competitive podcast mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Ben, ben Sherwin's obviously a phenomenal player. He, he and Matt Root kind of like tag teams tournaments together and did really well before Matt Root uh, moved uh, out of the Midwest. But yeah, oh, yeah. Flying Monkeys podcast, definitely check them out. Um, I also, in the same kind of uh, general area, Preferred Enemies, which is mm-hmm. um, uh, put out by Rob Barr and Dennis, uh, they... Yeah are definitely more casually focused podcasts. They much more. Talk- yeah, much more so. They like to play in a lot of the friendly and, and narrative events, but, but they do run a GT. Yes, they, they run a GT, and they also do a good job of reviewing the events they go to uh, and mm-hmm. reviewing um, what's going on. So if, yeah. you're, if you're a more casually focused player who kind of wants to um, – tiptoe into the competitive scene they'd be a great podcast because they they talk about hobby stuff they talk about you know what's going on they talk about the events specifically which i think is really cool um but they also review uh books and stuff new stuff that's come out um what they think about it etc etc and they don't they have a beat on the competitive scene they're not they're not like the other more casual focused podcasts that maybe don't necessarily know like who nick nanabadi is and stuff like they know who all the top players are and whatnot so uh, definitely check them out. Uh, and then uh, finally, um, my favorite podcast mm-hmm. um, better be uh, on here, <laughs> Mob Rules. That <laughs> um, um, all I like all these podcasts, but I do love I love Mob Rules a lot. Um, they they they're definitely they've got some good players. They've got uh, Danny McDevitt. I think he's yeah the best. Danny player. McDevitt is their player. Like yes. the pl- okay, <laughs> fair enough. Let's yeah. just say he's it, like our Brandy Grant. Like he's the person that's, that actually <laughs> well, plays 40k, and then John Quennell who plays Mutilators, even when they're bad. Um, he's I mean, actually by the way they're not bad right now. If you, if he's you actually convinced me them. to try that, but like he played them no matter what. Um, yeah. So that's that's like how you can view John's ability in the game. But John is hilarious, and they do such a great job of putting together mm-hmm. like a comedic podcast mm-hmm. um, that actually is informative. They do cover the rest of the game, like they they're talking, they're doing a crusade campaign. Their video series currently on the worst characters in 40k is some of the funniest <laughs> stuff oh, um, so that anybody's producing right now, um, and they're right. Uh, about all of them. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait for them to go on about how bad Azriel is as a character, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> hey, you anyway. shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> um, right I just love I just love Danny. I met Danny at Charity Hammer and I've been listening to his podcast ever since I met him. And I feel like that's the thing. Like he, he has an aura of listen to, listen to his podcast surrounding him. You come within six inches of Danny and you start listening to Goonhammer. And and he's one of the nicest guys in 40k. Like I saw him, and the most furious ah, I've ever seen marvelous. him in my life. He looked at a man and called him persnickety. Um, <laughs> so that tells you something about the kind of person Danny McDevitt is. Like, or at least his education. I said, I said Greenhammer, by the way. It's my my bad. I don't know how I got Greenhammer in my head. But yeah, Danny's freaking lovely, and those guys are hilarious. 
Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely highly recommend them. Uh, and then finally, we have some uh, quick shout outs uh, for the right at the end here. We have Contrips Corner, which is a new podcast, along with the Regimental Vox, um, two new podcasts up and coming. Uh, we have La Vaz de Horos. If you're a Spanish speaker mm-hmm. and you're listening to Chapter Tactics, um, we have the New Zealand 40 <laughs> Kickaball uh, focused Gr- in New Zealand. Great dudes. That, I- then- again, in the same vein as Veteran Reenlisted and um, yep. Flying Monkey, not to be absolutely. not to be taken lightly. Colorful, hilarious, insightful men, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then finally, um, uh, Patron wanted me to to talk about Target Priority Forty K, which is a German podcast. It's an excellent um, German podcast. They've done some English shows. Um, okay. I I really they did. Uh, what was it? I think they were the ones that did, covered the Alliance Open uh, mm. Germany GT. Um, they did all the um, commentary for it in English um, as their second language, and it was amazing. It was really well done. Peter, were they the ones that translated the ITC to German? They may have been. Um, they, I'm trying to remember because I just did uh, another pod, another German podcast recently about this the same topic. But I do believe they were like integral to that. If they weren't, yeah, they, the they, I think they it. were the ones that were trying to get ITC into Germany. Yeah, because Germany d- generally has done its own thing. They have Bless their, own, them. Uh, their own kind of setup. But uh, like target priority has focused on the ITC side. Um, part of like the the Falcon mythos was like one morning uh, after I kind of started 40kstats.com, um, after it had been out for maybe a week or two, um, I woke up one morning and there was this like email to me from Germany and I was like, oh, spam. And it was these guys, the target priority guys. And they had like this long email about their podcast and how they wanted to talk about the stats and if it was okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> like that was when I knew people might actually care about numbers. Um, so yeah, right on. All right. That's it. That's the end of the list. Uh, once again, if you, if we missed a podcast, we didn't talk about a podcast that you wanted to talk, you wanted us to talk about, put that link in the comment section below. Also, if you want to win that Indominus box, let us know, comment on YouTube, frontlinegaming.org, uh, anywhere that you find, you listen to chapter tactics, put in the comments who your favorite podcast is or, or a content creator is what you like about them. And you'll be entered to win another Indominus box. So do that. It's free. Anyone can enter. Uh, if you want to win cool prizes, sign up for the Patreon. Uh, and also patrons get to ask questions that we answer live at the end of every episode, which we're going to do right now. So first question comes from patron Logan. How does everyone feel about the new space Marine codex containing all the Space Marine factions, and how do you think GW will keep the unique feel of Space Souls, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, and Death Watch? Well, I think it's in the same manner that they did for Iron Hands, White Scars, and Salamanders. <clears throat> they've got, a, they'll get, a, they've already confirmed they're getting supplements attached to the Codex. Yeah, it's just that they're boiling every yes, every Space Marine coming down from the same initial book right. and then branching them out from there. Because I feel like the, the supplements, even though they broke the absolute ungodliness out of the game, um, <laughs> they were a success. They, that that theory does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, you know what? It reminds me of third edition when they did that. So I expect a thin little pamphlet for each faction. After. Yeah, I've still, got my, I've still got my Black Templars one. Uh, it's freaking amazing. Yeah, It'll be- with no fluff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, honestly, about time. I'm t- I, it does annoy me. It uh, actually frustrates me that that Space Marine is essentially getting two codexes within twelve months um, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, that, right. That's annoying, and it's annoying for the the way people who got their like Grey Knights, the Grey Knight Codex. The Grey Knight Psychic Awakening, fantastic. Grey Knight Codex, a travesty of a thing. Um, same thing can be said for, in some respects, for Chaos Space Marines and a few other factions here or there. But uh, like Tyranids, 
desperately need uh, a new new codex. And so the fact that Space Marines are getting double dipping within 12 months, that's frustrating, but that's that's part of the course. Anybody who's been playing this game long enough knows that's exactly how Space Marines get all their stuff. It's yes. true, but I also think it's a bit of a fix, right? I think this is like yeah. the, they released the Marine Codex and they're like, it'll probably be fine. And then they're like, oh, yeah so now they can (laughs) this is like their hey rather than like putting out 18 faqs to nerf this down i mean we've kind of already seen from the pictures from the warhammer community like people like taking still some of the changes already if they're if they didn't and like it's a lot of toning down of stuff so i I can't imagine that'll that'll keep too um so i'm okay with it we'll have to see it's going to make team tournaments interesting because of the like single codex stuff it, it um, is we're gonna have to that's to be a ruling on that because that's literally a th- almost a third of all codexes locked yeah. out to one, so one that'll, player. Be, that'll be very cute all right yeah, yeah. Patron- I'm, I'm i'm fine with it <laughs> next question patron peter wants to know do you think any of the new units out of the indominus box will be competitive uh how and why yes Ooh. yes hoping the bikes are bikes and melter boys <laughs> yeah oh, the yeah. Uh, are great. uh blade guard are also i think like all three blade guard um, bikes and Melted Boys all have a place in different lists. Bladeguard is Blood Angels or uh, White Scars. Pretty well, brutal. White Scars Assault Intercessors. Holy God. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, I think everything in that box is going to be competitive. You're seeing Judasars or Judicars and like everything mm-hmm. because of the fight last. Like everybody, everything there has a place. I think they, they're, they're, they're it's all very strong. Um, did they, did they ask just for the Space Marine side of things or did they ask the Necrons as well? All the all the units. I'll oh, play the Necrons. Uh, <laughs> not not the, sure the about three, the Necrons. The you know what? Um, new destroyer guys, the melee destroyer dudes. <laughs> oh, those um, look cool. You can pump those with enough synergies already that they're they're pretty reasonable. Um, the off the of of course the issue with Necrons is delivery methods. You don't have like a three to six charge from reserve or something like that to get them in there. But you can make them pretty respectable. Um, as for the the Canoptic Reanimator, I hear good things for as a as a tech piece, yeah. and also the new. Um, the new uh, warlord they've got, just the new HQ choices, seem to be pretty reasonable. Mm. But I expected to. I won't. I expected to. I won't be able to see anything till the codex comes. Yeah, out exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's why I won't talk about. I won't talk about immortals or warriors or anything. <laughs> or they, warriors. They need some help. <laughs> mm. All right, patron Kelsey wants to know how do you find the forty k content that's right for you. Good question. Uh, for me, uh, well, for me, I had to because it was part of my job when I wrote for Bella Lossals, mm. <laughs> which actually included other game systems. So I had to listen to like 60 or 70 different podcasts. But uh, for me, for, for myself currently, it just depends what kind of grabs my attention because I've listened to so many podcasts in the past whenever they – so pe- shows that do codex reviews, things like that don't really appeal to me because I know how to read the codex. I know how to read. So I can I can read out of a book. Now, if podcasts have certain players, like podcasts like, let's say, have Brandon Grant on, like Chapter Tactics, and he has his opinion about the new Imperial Guard Codex, then yeah, I'll listen to what he has to say. So for me, for myself, as a as a judge especially, I'll listen to what top players say, or if especially if they claim to have found some super secret tech, I'll listen, or because I'll, I need to be, as mentioned before, I need to be made aware of that in case it ever comes up, or if it's going to be FAQ'd, or if I think it's going to be FAQ'd. Um, and for, for myself, that's, that's how I know what to listen to. And certain shows just have people, certain people on all the time anyway, or often enough that I'll listen to almost every episode. Mm. I I have this little thing. If I, if, so I usually listen to my podcast during a commute or during exercise. And you if I to your own voice, no, <laughs> no, I listen to, no, I barely ever listen to my own, actually. 
I did it at the start just because I was worried that everyone's going to think I was a douchebag. And now I know that everyone does think I'm a douchebag and so it doesn't matter. Um, so uh, yeah, if, if it's not worth me downloading onto my phone or onto a USB to plug into my into my car and then listen to on a commute to like see my family or, or partners or whatever, um, then it doesn't, it doesn't make the cut. And that's how it kind of boils down to my priority list. Because unfortunately, that's, that's the case at the moment. I'd listen to just about all 40K content if I had the time. But the fact right. is, I have I only have like say about six to seven hours a week that I could even feasibly give to to podcasts, and so it's what makes the cut. And uh, usually, it's the stuff that like um like other Adam said, it's the stuff that has the personalities of which I'm attracted to, the guys who have mm-hmm. perspectives I find interesting or different or nuanced. Yeah, absolutely, Pete. You listen I, to everything, so I have all the time in the world. Um, <laughs> in my little airport tower with no airplanes, especially with COVID, it's kind of helped. Um, so I listen to, I do listen to a lot of content. Um, I do actually generally these days steer away from kind of the more casual hybrid stuff just because like my, my focus has often been like, where's the meta going? What are the, what are players thinking about it? Um, I do I like I do sometimes find myself falling into the trap where I listen to certain names more than others where I used to not so that's something I'm trying to get out of by listening to newer stuff um because just because um like X player is very good doesn't mean they are always going to be like the be all end all so I try to listen to as that's why I try to listen to as much content as I do um because I want to hear that one guy that that um, you just never heard of that's like oh did you know that if you do this then X18 other things happen and then you kind of do that extra research um so for me, I, I tend to I tend to focus more on like the more competitive side. Best in Factions doing a bunch of fa- faction focus episodes. I'll be listening to all of them, even though I don't play half of those factions, um, because they'll have really good players on. But a lot of them are players that people like outside of like the best in faction world may have never even heard of. Um, but I, I still find their insights valuable. So uh, I'm gonna keep my response simple. I like. I like podcasts that are focused on YouTube because YouTube is the easiest medium medium for me to listen mm. to something on, on the car, basically. Um, just just my personal preference. The, the YouTube button, the play button is nice and huge, so I don't have to worry about looking at something and crashing and dying. Hmm. I can literally... I don't watch the video, but I can literally just, like, click the screen and YouTube... Anyway, so... Yeah, I was pretty sure you were just going to say... Uh, the, the last um, content I binged were all the Tabletop Titans re- faction reviews. Yeah. Um, those are those are some of the best driving listening that I've I've had, heard so far for Ninth Edition. So um, kudos to to Brian and Adrian who did a really phenomenal job. Um, and then I also like reading a lot too. So Goonhammer Goonhammer's a special place in my heart because um, I read on the can when I can. <laughs> um, so when I'm not listening to a podcast while I'm driving on YouTube, I'm reading on, on the toilet. So, and that is it. Uh, that is all the free time I have. <laughs> so <laughs> unfortunate. <clears throat> okay. Uh, patron Paul wants to know, uh, he's seen a 60 Nurkling base army kill zero units and win five out of five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, is yes. this a failure of the mission format? Um, or what do we do? Well, the, the Nurgling thing was was a thing before yeah. during Eighth of the Edition. There was the one tournament in the UK where a guy had a like ninety Nurglings or whatever, mm-hmm. and that was using I think GW missions. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it was one of the heats. So it's very early. Yeah, it's a concern of mine, and I brought it up in the 
the Chapter Tactics Patreon, like Discord, on the Facebook, and a couple other places. Um, and I've and it's something I've talked about with a lot of players um, from all levels about like a concern of mine that this may turn into be uh, turn out to be a bus stop edition, mm. um, where you know <laughs> it's just you know a bunch of models sitting in the middle of the board, not really doing anything. Um, there are lists that can beat that Nurgling list. Yes. Will they be prevalent enough that um, it pushes it out? Is is like what will is what will determine if that's a ba- if it's a bad thing, right? Think about the Knight Castellan. Like mm-hmm. when it, after it had its first round of nerfs, it was definitely beatable, and it wasn't winning everything. And that's why a lot of people were fighting over whether it should be nerfed again. Um, mm-hmm. Was because it wasn't winning everything. Yeah. So- I expect these things at the st- remember remember what happened at the start of eighth edition guys we yeah, saw this massive flux. Po- yeah exactly it's the same it's the same premise the same concept mm-hmm. everyone was losing their mind over raising flux and then one little point Justin came in it wasn't a thing <laughs> look I yeah. think we there is going to be this prevalence of pure board control lists that are always going to have the have a strength um, but I think the game is deep enough at the moment and the, the players and the big brains we've got are going to be able to crack just about anything that comes around. If the, if they don't, the FAQs will. So okay. if there is something super strong, like a bus stop style list that does become prevalent, erroneous, and toxic, it won't be around for that long. And like the 90, people already talk about the 90 Nerglings. I'm like, well, I guess I'm playing Relic of Lost Cadia again, guys. Like, I guess yeah. it's Cadians <laughs> all the way, hey? <laughs> like, I think like a, a like a, a decent Space Marine list with aggressors and infiltrators in your midboard generally can beat that list. Um, Admec just wreck that list. Um, there are like custodians don't have an answer to ninety nurgling bases um, no, unless they, they go with <laughs> unless they unless they want to play like something that can't beat anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's so that's where it could be a problem, but it's early, so who knows? Um, mm. And I think that's that's what we'll have to wait and see. Um, I brought it up multiple times on on this podcast and others. Like there will be someone that builds a razor wing flock list, and it'll either be fact or it'll just die because someone finds the ultimate counter to it immediately, yeah. and a lot of people yep. play that counter. Yep, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that that's it. Those are all the patron episode or patron questions. Uh, Adam, Adam, and Pete. Once again, <laughs> a quick plug. Where can they find you if they want to listen to your voice more? I guess I'll Who's no one's jumping. I'll start off. So you can catch me on yeah. Art of War Down Under or um, the other six podcasts I'm on. The other notable one being um, Forge <laughs> Narrative. You can catch me on there every week. But uh, yeah, Art of War Down Under, I've just uh, launched that podcast. The second episode will be coming out at the end of this week for public consumption. And um, the pay- that ones will start being locked, patron locked. The second episode will be behind the paywall, unfortunately. But that's the only way I've found that I'll find- get some longevity out of this production. And um, it's actually <laughs> been quite expensive to get off the ground. I'm not sure people are aware the, the costs associated with the editing and the, the software required. But uh, yeah, so that, that podcast will be coming out uh, this week. Um, and it'll be every week until covid or life stops me this week's john lennon talking about uh, psyche awakening of custodes jump on that if you are interested that'll be on the frontline gaming network or find me on patreon facebook and all those other good things right on adam you can find the other adam on tfg radio um it's every other week so and it's usually me uh danny and john and sometimes tom so it's always the three lvo judges especially as we get closer to lvo we usually get a lot more traffic and a lot more questions uh, just for just so everybody knows, this week we'll be having uh, Brian Hunter from Flying Monkeys to talk about his the first uh, GT in Ninth Edition. Right on, and then finally, Pete, you have a big announcement. He's pregnant. Yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, also, yeah, so I'll be doing Fireside with the Falcon in 30 minutes, um, uh, reading the final demise of Titus Endor. Um, so that'll be, always be good. If Not you're, Titus. If you, 
If you want to listen to some 40K short stories, I do it every Monday night at uh, 9.30 PST. Um, and um, possibly sometime this week, there will be a special 40K stat center something or other happening. I believe Val posted on July 5th. He meant August 5th. Um, so, But he's a, he's a father, something. so he doesn't know what day or month it is um, ever, and he will never and for the next 18 years. Um, so he's got that going for him. So yeah, so expect something from Stat Center, uh, probably this Wednesday. Absolutely. All right. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope we listed at least one or two podcaster content creators that you had never heard of before that maybe interested you. And of course, you are all the best listeners in the world. Go out into the 40k community and show all the other content creators how awesome you are. And as always, have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>